virtually every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. Why did I smoke the natural herb? Some call it marijuana, some call it sensimedia, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it... Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host, Adam Dunn. I'm your host, your co-host, whoa, Dave. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> holy whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 Dave whoa. was getting all jumpy here. It was like a Almost coup. jumped rank there. Coup, coup. A diet coup. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as always, the Adam Dunn Show is brought to you by Illuminar Lighting and... Seats here now. And... Focus, Focus v. v. Carta. You got to go to Focus V Products. Come Enter on. done deal, 10% off your laser edition. Look at you go. Man. Look at him go. All right. And <clears throat> today we have a awesome show that I'm really excited about. Um, we have uh, Indian Land Race Exchange. I think it's Irazine. I will find out exactly how to pronounce his name. But um, we've got him coming in at the top of the hour. And we also have Todd Harrison from CB1 Capital. Who is uh, you like Todd? He's and, a good guy. And I actually, I was, I was, I was surprised. We had people who were like pumped. They were like, "Yeah, yeah. Todd's a genius." So I was like, "Nice." nice. I like. What so do you know are... his backstory? He was he was the co-host with that Mad Money guy Kramer, oh. mm-hmm. who oh. used to bang everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when he hit all the fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's his partner for 20 years. Todd has amazing stories of like, he was in the locker room, in the locker room when the Lakers won the championship, like when everyone's putting on the goggles mm-hmm. and everything, when the champagne's going to, and like, he's he's standing next to the owner of the team, you know, just nice. doodly-doo. That's what happens when you're in the equities market and you're moving hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, can you imagine how many billions changed hands every day based on what the two of them said on that show when Kramer hit his buy button, buy, buy, buy. It was like, you know, that was the Reddit of the day, right? I mean, that's where you got your information and everybody ran to the their trading platform and bought or sold or whatever. But he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Before everybody, had bots. Appreciate. Before everybody had bots that just do it all for you. There's no... No banging, yeah. bang nothing. Well, something. No, I never understood that. That's that. That's how I always felt. Like the you know the little guy is is just can't play right because if you don't have that computer system that does those micro trades yeah. every time the market swings one direction or the other, then you're you're out. You 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 lost your shirt. You're definitely you're done. Definitely. You're done. Um, and I don't know if it's up. Is it live yet? Is our is our news? We don't even know. Well, we have a new news page coming out soon, so I don't know if it's a hundred. 100% live, but on Adam Dunn Show, uh, info, well, I guess it would be at the adamdunnshow.com site, right? I guess. It's all there. It's all there. Is there a news button? Did you look? Did you figure this out yet? Oh, uh, look at Shitty Jamie. Is in a, he's in a real mood today. Shitty Jamie. He's not only shitty, it, he's kind of pissed off. He was what, what, no, grumpy. Was it grumpy today? No, what, what was it? No, he look at it. What do you mean? No, he so just fucked it up. We have no bagel. We I, didn't get any bagels today. That's probably. No, that's see, that's the problem. There it is. I started my. my I have an excuse. Oh. I have that? an excuse why I didn't meet up for bagels today. Do you? Oh no! Oh. 
show us. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. I'm clicking on a Look at thing. that. Wow. You got a Adam Smurf Fauci. Did you give you a Smurf Band-Aid, or what is that? Okay. Let me no, it's like uh, puppies and kittens, I think. Puppies and kittens. All yeah. right. Nice. The Fauci. Yeah. Ouchie. I like that. That's a good one. The Fauci Ouchie number one. I didn't like that at all. I like that. That's a good one. You might as well blame it on him. (laughs) Blame it all on him. Okay. I I, I have to tell you right now, I I don't remember his name. Just call it a Fauci, and that would be it, right? It would be. That's exactly exactly what I said. It's a Fauci. But if you are, if if you. Whenever you schedule your appointment, if you're here in Colorado, I highly recommend. The Westminster um, hey, King hey, Supers. So you see, we're just at the raw. Right now, it's all raw. We're, we're raw dogging it. Raw dogging it. We're raw dogging it on the news. But soon, this page is going to look even better, tighter. Logos even tighter. It's going to say it's going to say news, 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 news. Because otherwise, none of the people who watch the show will understand. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> if it, like automatically turn your browser to full full yeah. loudness, and yeah. then it just it did the sample you every time. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you? That's did the, you hear what that Jimmy dread, Kimmel did? That that would be the dread function right there. Yeah, that's yeah, what man. we call that. Yeah, the dread dread did, did you yeah. hear that Jimmy Kimmel did that? What? On his show, he said, all right, everybody listen, put your Alexas into whatever. I don't have an Alexa, so I didn't really know what he meant, but it was like listen mode. Mm. And so everybody at home put their Alexa into listen mode, and he goes, Alexa, volume 10, play. And he had it play a really loud song. And he said, he because he realized that if your Alexa is on 10 and playing this song, mm-hmm. it can't hear you when you say, Alexa, stop. Turn the volume down. Nice. It was the funniest thing in the world. And everybody was all... Did that to millions of people. See? I like it. There you go. It's because he has a staff. Well, I think he's responsible for ordering a bunch of... A bunch of what? Well, you stop well, for a coffee drink. Right? Oh, well, he did the same thing. Oh. Well, I thought Adam was going to say something. No. Um, so he did the same thing where on oh, his show, he yes. said, Alexa... Buy something, and everyone who was listening to the show, their Alexa went and bought something. Yep. You're right. Yeah, I saw that. That's good. That's good. That's why I don't have any of that in the house. It's the dumbest idea. Ever. But I heard your iPhone is always listening to you, Duh. even if you, even if you don't have an you Alexa. Just this. You just heard this. You just figured. Well, this out. no, but I even turned it off. You know, I don't have, I don't use the Siri function, so. But it it still listens. You're Siri. Of course. Yep. Are you Siri? Are you Siri, bro? Are you I'm Siri. Siri? Are you wow. Siri, bro? <laughs> Is that like Kramer when he was movie phone? <laughs> well, movie phone. Movie phone. Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to watch? <laughs> Did you want to watch? Type in the first three letters of the movie you want. Did you say Star Wars? No. How was your week? Anything fun happen to you in your life? Uh, we went down to Area 420. I hung out with Andre Grossman. So it was pretty awesome. Got to see him finally. Nice, dude. Yeah. And he got to see Area 420, and he was blown away, which was awesome. Exactly what I expected. Yeah. My evil plans were coming together. So it was one of those moments where you're like, Whoa. Nice. <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah, it's starting. starting to happen. No, it's really cool. I went down there, saw, saw the progress, um, and... Getting the get, catching the fever. It's about to happen in the next few months. And uh, saw Matt, cameraman, amazing cameraman. Matt was there. Gave him a pack of seeds. Oh, he got his seeds. Look at that. See that? We finally delivered on time. I was like, yes, he's here. So yeah, we hooked up with Matt. 
Um, actually, he filmed uh, the Moffitt Cannabis uh, sort of meeting they had with all the cannabis producers there, and they kind of do like a monthly thing. So I was like, oh, it's looking like it's getting organized down there. <laughs> he, did, he did the camera work. It was amazing, as usual. So Nice. Uh, but we're planning for... 420, uh, 420 on 420 for 420, 420, 420. 420 till 420. 420. Oh, did I mention 420? Yes, we're doing that. 420. That show. 420. And so uh, we are prepping for that, which is awesome because now we have a, you know, we got the spot, we've got the camera guy, and now we just got to run through all the d- little details. Wait, wait, wait. Speaking of spot, do oh, we, has, how, how's the construction of my little Robin Quiver studio? Oh, it's going off. And in my little glass box. You will have a glass box, don't you worry. <laughs> and it will have many torture instruments designed inside of it that you will not know. About. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, imagine him in a box, what we could do to him in a box. I mean, it's just amazing. Hey, Mark, can we play any of that guy? Can we post that guy's... Uh, no. Something that made me smile this week was I sent it to you guys. I'm sure people in the chat gang have watched it. It'll make you all smile. We don't like Look fun up. around here. Electro boom. <laughs> this is hey shitty James. I'll find it. I'll find it. And I'll look post up it. electro boom. This it's guy, good, if he's, it's good because anybody who's a grower has had to wire their own shit up has been mm-hmm. through this in some way, shape, or form. Like when I used to sell lamps back in, it was funny, in, Ho- in Holland, they used to sell you lights that were never <laughs> wired, right? You had to wire them yourself. Like you could never, they always came straight from the factory unwired. And it was like every day someone would come in, eh, it doesn't work. They're trying like, to set Amsterdam on fire. The sh- same thing happened to me in the 90s. And I had show- to wire a fucking bullshit. Oh, that's a European, that's, right. that's a total Dutch thing. They're I like, posted oh, the you want our plug? To that <laughs> Twitter that made you really happy. No, time. I had to. The, the first. I posted it. Oh, you posted. Oh, there do you, you go. want me to play it in the background? Is uh, that what you want me to do? Is, is that what you're trying no, to do? No, just stick it in the chat room and let them watch it and laugh it's their there. asses right, off. It's, it's there. there. It's, it's there, there, guys. There, yeah. there it is. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, you, what you is how much this? pressure you're putting on Jamie? I know. I hope that I don't have to do any much more of this show. What is it? Tell me what herb this is that you dropped off. Oh, I have herb for you from. What is that? That's the forgotten. What is this? That's yes. the forgotten. <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. He forgot. They forgotten. He Wait, you have herb for me? Yeah, I got what? herb from uh, T Dog. Oh, whoa. Yeah, dog. T Dog came through. Well, don't let Adam know where it is. I already smoked it. Yeah. It's gone. Oh, we, well, I mean, we picked through it. Of oh, course. no, we've taken all the good shit. Yeah, we took yeah. all the good yeah, stuff. We, we, we keefed all the buds. We keefed it. Yeah, yeah. we keefed it, rolled it, and, beat uh, on it. Yeah, then we. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbed it. We did a quick, quick rub. We did a hand you rub. just you you did me a favor and you put everything in pre rolls for me. Exactly. <laughs> With a little tobacco, just a, just a little tobacco, just a little bit. The classic, the classic, last one. Um. Hey Enzo, you can't hurt my feelings tonight, man. You can if you don't like when I talk. That's okay. I um I'm in too good a place right now, man. I hope everybody had a fantastic week. What? Oh, new yeah. Diamonds and Sauce. We just got a Bandcamp, diamondsandsauce.bandcamp.com. Uh, we just released two new tunes, a down-tempo tune and a late-night banger. So go check that out. I Also, this next week, I'm going to be starting my new podcast, Suburban House Radio. It's not really new. I've already done like 84 episodes plus. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I took a four-year hiatus, and I'm starting it back up again because... I'm releasing tunes and I'm uh, you know, getting, tunes? get all into that. Tunes, mate. 
Fucking tunes, mate. Fucking tunes. So yeah. Dump that bass, mate. <laughs> yes. So I'll drop a link in the chat for everyone. And uh Bah Humbug. Bah Humbug. Wow, Wait, what you're a, like what a promoter. Yeah. You missed that. Bah Humbug. Really? That was like two so two months ago, Mark. Three months ago, man. It's it's a constant it's an, thing. It's for a me. year it's a yearly thing. It's what I do. It's just me. You right? can bah humbug all year long. So, okay, so so back to your back thing. to your Fauci ouchie, right? That's number one, right? When's yeah, number, that when's, was. When's your number two schedule, bro? April. Four twenty. Yeah. No, April second. Cool. Yeah. So four two. Yeah. Four enough. two. Oh yeah. Whoa, you're in there. Whoa. I did. But you want to know something? Oh yeah. When, Can you play them sitting there? Oh, no, you can't play them because you got. You can't even. Play uh, these ones we probably could be just on Bandcamp. Oh, okay. actually. Well, there you but, go. Yeah. Anyways, nobody. Wants, no, T-Dog, wants T-Dog wants to hear it. Let's hear that too. So. <laughs> T-Dog wants it. Well, when we have yeah. a dead space. We'll yeah, when we have a dead space, yeah, we're I'll all pop sitting it here like, oh, I don't know what to say anymore. There's nothing. What to do say. we talk about? Nothing yeah. to talk about. <sighs> I did try to schedule it at four twenty though. I thought that would have been really funny, but then I realized it was a Friday, and if if I scheduled the what? appointment at four twenty today, it's on a Friday. It would have today. Oh. No, I am like, I, I was like, today I had it this morning. I was like, today is not on a Friday this year. I was going to tell you you were wrong. No. You are wrong. I haven't, no. I haven't checked into this. I checked into this shit. It's one thing I know. Yeah. No, but I highly encourage everybody if you're in Colorado, go to the King Supers website. It was really easy to schedule. What? Just that, get yourself a are you, vaccine. Are you promoting King Supers vaccination? I'm promoting an easy way to get like, a, a free vaccine appointment. That he is gets a, his CBD at the gas station. That is literally like my. There was CBD. There was a big. <laughs> there was a big uh, stand of CBD right next to where you walk in to get your. That is literally your shot. like my my way of like telling somebody who obviously doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, yeah, go get your shots at the fucking King Super, you dumbass. And it's like, yeah, come on down to King Super on Dave's. Dave's call. I'm just saying, hey, you know, it, you can it, get it, quick grocery. You can, get, you can pick up ding dongs on the way get home. Get your ding dongs and your fucking your Fauci ouchie, and you're out the door. Bam, bam. I I have a feeling you'll be able to get numb nuts in King Supers really soon. Ooh. You'll be seeing that. Good. Look really? at that segue. Product placement. Oh yeah, and we need to talk to them because uh, I'm lacking on the peanut butter. Oh, that. Well, he's butter. listening now. I'm sure. It's, so it's been it's been it's been a few months now. Now, okay. No. Yeah, that New the, Year's was like a high. <laughs> we, were, we were riding high on New Year's. Yeah. And now we're fading hard. And you know what it's like when you need. You know how it is when you need peanut butter. Right. It's weird. right? Yeah. No. It's no. Like, no. I got like you. Your brain just goes peanut butter, peanut butter, and you're like, go straight. Ah, gotta have it. Gotta have it. Like behind your knees, start to get like buckle on you or something. You're like, I don't know if I can. And then you eat a couple peanut, couple like straight out of the thing, and then you're like, okay. Did he just describe I himself survived. as Popeye and spinach <laughs> and equating that with the peanut butter? Yeah. Dun, it's kind of like that, but it is weird. It's like yeah. it's a pr- obviously it's some sort of you know fucking protein or something, something your body's craving because you're like. I need it. Check-in question. Adam, well, what does the kosher kitty taste like? Ta- oh, wow. It's really good. It's very it is, creamy. Dude. It's like a creamy, diesel-y flavor or something mm-hmm. like that. It's almost, it's kind of, it's got, it, it, yeah, it's nice. It like opens up. When you open up the jar, it like, your nose like opens up. It's like aromatic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was grow. It was that out of what you sent over. That mm-hmm. one was grown. Like if we were just like before you smoke it. If you're just looking at it, the finish, the texture, you know, the feel, 
everything well, about it was huge, so nineties. It wasn't a real huge yielding plant, but it was like one of those ones where every bit of every bit of it was sticky and resiny and slow burning and all those good things. All those great things we love. But yeah. it, I think it's one of those things that after a little bit of finessing you can get it to chunk out a little harder. Sure. But chunk was, out a little harder. Yeah, they look a little yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's like weird. Scrappy, scraggly. It, yeah, it was a little. It was. You still cool. have some? Cool. Me? I don't have any left to look at. I, I that was the first one to go. I didn't. Nah, I gone. Didn't, you gone know me. In 60 I'm the weirdo seconds. that saves all the good stuff and then it's ruined by the time I get to it. But whatever. Oh wait, look at that! Oh shit! There was a, a nug stuck. A tiny little piece of popcorn. It's half a bong hit for Mark. That's right. <laughs> Yo, go. I see, I see Mr. Mojo rising in there. Mo's been all over the fucking clubhouse thing. Jesus, every time I look, there's Mo in clubhouse. Oh, really? I'm scared to go in there. I'm telling you, I don't even want to go. So <laughs> I'm scared. I'm like, no. Is it just random? Like it hooks you up with random people to no, do like a, okay. You see because... all the you see the list of all the people, but that's the problem. Is like it doesn't matter. There's always somebody in there. You're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna be in that room. <laughs> like you're trapped. Interesting. Trapped in the room. Because there, I, I started this other app called Stereo, and it's weird because it gives you like a like a cartoon face that talks for you while you're talking. You know what I mean? But like it pairs you up with a random person, and you basically do a podcast with that person. And then people, <laughs> people can chime in that they're listening to you. They can just put a message, and you can play their message. And yeah, it's very weird, man. Like you get huh. and you get like paired up with some weirdos sometimes. I haven't done it yet, but like I've listened to other people that do it. Like another podcast does it as like a extra thing. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty interesting. Like I want to get Polly B on there. I think oh, he would be good. Polly for that. would be perfect. Yeah. Oh goodness! Get let him walk around Denver. <laughs> Show yeah, everybody man. Denver while he's talking. I logged on and I I got like all these. Hey, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And I got scared and I just logged off. <laughs> and there was some, you know, because there's some people I hadn't spoken to in a long time just happened to be on there right at that moment or they got some, you know, notice that you logged on. And nah, I sort of, I took a step back. Did see, wait, did you guys see uh, Anthony Walker's latest video about him taking the uh, vaccine? But he took the, he, he did a mail order one and got the Russian one. Oh, what? Yeah, he, he he you know it's a satire, right? He, so he yeah. takes the vaccine and he says, day one, everything's fine, no problems. You know, I got the shot, everything's really good. And he does this updates, you know, for like eight days. You see a little clip, and by the time he's on day eight, he's like, yes, I've got shot. I think it's very good. Um, I drink this now, and he pulls out a bottle of vodka, and he he sort of becomes a Russian over eight days. I thought it was hilarious. I like that guy. We got to have him back on. We will have punk mark. Whoa! Yeah, it's, not really, it's not gonna really work, is it? Yeah, because Mark kind of knows he's in on it, but we'll punk somebody fun, all right, and make Mark laugh. So, um, James Bean, man on the scene, watch come in a little early. We got it. Where James is James Bean? He's hanging in. He's hanging in there. Man on the scene. Five minutes is not maybe enough for for a guy like that. I sent him a text, and it has that like uh, you know that auto response. You send him a text and he oh, says... Oh, is he driving? My mom said, eyes on the road. I listen to my mom. She scares me. However, this is urgent. Please type urgent and it will oh, go yeah. through. He's always driving. That's <laughs> I've had him do that to me so many times. to be like, there's no way you're still driving. Um, but anyway, yeah. 
James Bean is uh, obviously the man behind our uh, first guest, which comes in at the top of the hour in 10 minutes. Um, and he got super impressed, and I was excited. But uh, we were supposed to have him on, I think, about a month ago, and then there was some sort of protest going on, and they went down to deal with that, so we didn't have a chance. And I was uh, definitely... Uh, <laughs> bummed out because I was looking forward to that show since I, I he's got an amazing Instagram if you go through it you really like uh, you can see the fact that he's lucky enough to live within a reachable zone of just so many different regions and types of uh, cannabis and some of these are like uh, you know like very random some of them are very specific there's like stuff that's been you know Pretty, sta- preserved. pretty standardized as far as it because it's, and there's stuff that's completely 100% wild you know never been touched by humans wow. and then there's other stuff that's half and yeah so it's really really fucking interesting um, and I think also that people now starting to appreciate the fact that there's a much bigger gene pool out there and that we're all just bottlenecking ourselves if we're gonna just do OGs and sours and Girl Scout cookies and, you know, just kind of keeping it so, like, narrow, which is the case. But what's funny enough, uh, I, because I, I, I recommend that, I mean, if, I think a lot of the people who listen to the show also listen to the podcast, and I, I listened to it yesterday because he has a two-part on there, and, you know, of course. Two-part? Two-part, Wow, bro. that's yeah. raising the bar, bro. I know, right? <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> two hours each, though, so, you know, we sometimes slip it in. But, you know, Heavy Days, like, he's... Uh, uh, a very good interviewer. Very good unlike, interviewer. Unlike myself. Very professional. So it's nice. You can listen to his show, and it goes like, bam, question to question to question to question. And uh, he he covers a lot of things that – and I'm, and a few that I will, will double down on because obviously not everybody's listened to it. But um, you can kind of really see the passion in uh, – it is, and I think is his name. I hope he's pronounced right. But uh, you can hear the passion, and you can hear the fact that it's like – from real learning and not uh, from high times or from, you know, yeah. being t- you know, Instagram. Now. He's very good on Instagram now himself, but you can tell uh, it's probably not the case for most of the people that are growing out there. Because <laughs> it's right. like, you know what I mean? And, and what was the best, the funniest part of the, well, anyway, I won't, I won't. I'll, I'll yeah, save it. I was like, what's happening here? I'll save it for the guest. Come on. I'll save it. I'll save it. Well, I'm hoping James jumps on. I'll hope James, come on, James. Come on, James. Oh, be... look at this. There he is. There man okay. on the scene. Finally. Man on the I scene. Turn your phone show. sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I got one in. Oh, phone oh. sideways. Dave. He got one in, dude. This sideways. Fuck you off. There you go. That's the right one. Oh, no. You have your oh, screen. There we go. There we go. Nice. Are you at the border? Are you at the border? Where you at? Gas station. We're gonna have a. That means. Wait a minute. You're totally fucking the quota up. You're, we're gonna have two Raiders hats on because I know Todd oh, Harrison will be damn. wearing a Raiders hat. A little can time. you turn that around? Because yeah, fuck we now. can only show the Raiders hat once. Otherwise, we're gonna get charged. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no one's gonna fucking charge the donkeys, right? Shit. They're going to cancel. I mean, Broncos. Sorry, Broncos. Ooh. Whoa. So, I was... It's not a winning record ever or anything, you know? Fuck it. Oh. And we don't. We don't. So you're you're out without your... I see we're not wearing a mask. So that's that's get Dave really nervous right now. He's he's, He's in the car. He's scared for you. In the car. He's scared for you. I know, but you're outside. You're in the zone. You ready to roll? And I got my vaccination today. 
What? You and him together? Brothers? You guys are like Vac brothers? Vax brothers? Wow. Yeah. Okay, great. Now sound now you'll sound extra special. Um, uh, are you having any side effects? Because about 20 minutes ago, my nose just started running. No, well, see, uh, I, I felt fucking awesome. Well, I felt like I, I could fucking live again, and I don't give a fuck if I have to wear this mask after another week. Yeah, you do. I felt pretty, pretty yeah, Yes, you, you, you kind of do, buddy. Dave's half, uh-huh. half, half Dave's uh-huh. face is kind of like swollen. He doesn't even really really realize it, so try not to. Probably. Yeah. Ooh, it's kicking uh-huh. in. I can see it kicking in. His I, eyes like drifting uh-huh. off the left. Yeah, 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 your eyes look really Which end of the squeaky. mic do I talk into? This end? No, uh, no I, I, I did get it. Uh, I got the Moderna. Um, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I've, I've got to do trade shows and shit. That's just coming up and. Um, people are going to be there, and if I'm not, then I'm losing out on business. So, if I turn into a reptile tomorrow, you know, so be it. So be it. Uh, and they put a tracking device on me that way I can get back to get the second shot. Is so, there any chance you feel yourself becoming artistic? Wow. No, I did feel a little scaly earlier. Do you? You don't have the sudden urge to paint? No. Okay. Good. Good. Just no. taking, making sure. Yeah. So, no. so uh, I was. So you're gonna have uh, Indian Land Race guy on? Yes. As they call him. Now is it ir- <laughs> is it, ir- is it ir- How do you pronounce his name? Irizin or Irizin? Good luck. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, some research That's you did. His out. name. That's okay. I'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it you out. have to ask him. He's a super cool guy. I'll tell you, and I'm sure he doesn't expect us to know. You know. No, but it was. I was like I said. I was listening to the podcast. It was really cool. Um, I can tell he's got the got the knowledge, and uh, it, it's all coming from just being there which is the best that's the best kind instead of being like you know i'm very well versed because i've read a bunch of shit but i haven't actually done it and you know it's the same difference between like a guy who like never read anything but does it and figured it out the hard way and then at some point gets to that point where they're just able to do it or you get somebody who's like reliant on their phone like if their phone is out of the fucking oh no <laughs> how am i yeah. gonna grow i can't use my phone to check everything so, so, some, so, so something else i had because when he came to me of course i vet everybody you know what i mean and so he's coming to me saying he's got all these land race shit from all these fucking you know gps points and they're all matching up and i'm like man how, how do i know you're the, you're the shit um but he's got this like 45 page book and it's pictures of all the people that grow the shit. It's all the shit in the fields. It's all documented of his of his of his of his search, if you will, of his of getting all these all these genetics from all these different places and, and the people that he works with and, and the money that he gives back to them. And so it's it's really pretty cool. I need to figure out a way. Um, I asked him if he was publishing the book. I was like, yeah, we could sell the book with each with each pack. It'd be awesome. Um, but you know, maybe he'll let me throw it up online. You can go through and look on up there. But it was just kind of cool to flip through. It's you know, I have an online version, of course. But uh, just going through the pictures of it, just like, geez, this is really the real deal. This is really coming from this area. Yeah. So well, and, and just on his Instagram, you can really get like some like you can see that the the amount of uh, variance in, within the strains. There's so many different types, you know, and there's stuff in there that looks like wow, that would look and that looks like something I'd want to grow inside huh? we, uh, totally and and, and and correct me if i'm wrong but now we have double, this double it's raider nation trying to come in on us doubling up on us what's going look on look at you wow. coming in way early coming in hot you're, you're not supposed to be on for another hour and a half buzz him buzz him is that right oh, yeah there's actually raiders out there there's a man who hey what's up raider brother you're what's two on? you're two hours early there harrison he's just coming in here to be, told me seven o'clock he's man. coming in here to back oh, him up i, I said six thirty 
our time, which is 8.30 you're wearing New York a, time. You know what? If you're going to wear that jersey, I am out. I put it on, I put it on just for you. He's on a Friday night. Not happening. Yeah. I'll fuck him up first and have him next. <laughs> wow, I mean, with an Elway jersey, like seriously, you gotta be kidding me. Lose her, lose. Oh, sorry, no, he's not. I know you guys think he's God. Sorry. What? Who? You guys no. love Elway's. You're fucking king. I mean, listen, all yeah. Elway's a fucking night. douche. It was a five dollar jersey I got at the King Supers. Well, hey, I didn't have you're like King didn't, Super, no? like yeah, dude, promotion <laughs> yeah, master, dude. How much? What do you got stock in that shit or what? That's what no, I'm yes. talking about King Super the whole show. He's got the super coin. <laughs> nope. So no yeah. stock in King Super. So yeah, Todd, we we're gonna have you. Oh, yeah. On so so what I was saying is, is, is correct me if I'm wrong, but now we see this. We're playing in this giant fucking. Multi poly hybrid back fuck. You know what I mean? Because everything's related to something. It's always just crosses the same shit or this shit. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, well, it's a bottleneck. So it's a big bottleneck. We're having a huge bottleneck. We're all inbreeding and doing all that shit. So when you breed to these new males and these land race males, it's like, I think you explained it, it's like wiping your hard drive clean. You get like this fresh start and this new plant in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's going to, we're going to hopefully see some of these breeders using those and, and working them and, and bringing back those fresh, healthy, vigorous genetics. Yes, sir. I think I just found another new name for another new seed company, Bottleneck Genetics, bro. That's the fucking <laughs> next one. That's <laughs> copycat bottleneck. We got all the good names. Come on. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's like cookie on cookie on cookie on yeah, cookie. It's, exactly. It's perfect. It's a perfect name for your big clusterfuck. <laughs> bottleneck cookies? Yeah, bottleneck. First one will be clusterfuck OG. Bottleneck <laughs> it's just it's, yeah. it's just so inbred. Everything's everything's fucking its close cousin these days. You know what exactly. I mean? It's just in those we, we saw how that turned out. Bottleneck so. blue dream. Yes. Well, well blue dream's making a comeback if you're if you're growing commercial, believe it or not. Sloppy bottleneck. Ooh. We're not uh, bringing sloppy back. Are we bringing sloppy back? No. We're bringing Why sloppy not? back. Yeah, yeah, we're bringing him back. We like yeah. Sloppy. Sloppy's what are you talking good. about? Sloppy was awesome. Yeah, what are you talking about? He's getting about? all sorts of fish shit. He's going to be stoked. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, all right. So let me hit up with. Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick back and watch you, uh, watch, learn some stuff, watch you, watch you talk to him. What? Yeah, we totally fucked up the feed right now with two Raider hats on the same thing, man. That's <laughs> yeah, just. That's very. Not yeah. cool. No. <laughs> not not cool two raiders hats at the same time i don't I'm, i know i'll probably get uh, all right dave all we'll, right. we'll get over it it'll be all we'll right. get over it it's all right it's a it's a it's a friendly rivalry it, it takes it takes Nowadays two raiders to match up one bronco it hasn't been a worthy rivalry since uh mcdaniels got fired Anyway. Well, I have a Bill Romanowski jersey, so I mean, he I played for both teams. So he beat you last year. <laughs> oh, had to go there. Yeah, had to go there. I'm still waiting for Todd to come to Colorado. I'm a season ticket holder of the Broncos, and we can oh, go to a Raiders game Oakland together. Too, by the way, it's not Vegas. This is Oakland. I'm still Oakland. I don't know how I feel about Vegas. Well, you better get used to it if you're a Raiders fan, I guess. Right? That's where they live now. Uh, I know. I know. But uh, yeah, so uh, this week, what we have uh, g- genetically wise, we, we, so we have his stuff on online. There's, um, if, uh, I think it would behoove anybody that was interesting in something, go over and buy them right now because they'll probably be sold out by the end of the show. Um, they come from like something I'm going to talk to him about. They come, he's, he's got like a bunch of different, like six different regions where these things, where he, where he gets these things. And it has maybe six, four to six strains from each region. And the regions are put out there by GPS coordinates. 
Um, and just like, I, I can't even pronounce the shit where it comes from. It's just so, <laughs> so out there. You know what I mean? It's just, a, it's, it's out not, there. It's so foreign. It's so foreign, there, it's foreign, bro. It's like a foreign language. It's yeah. crazy. But doesn't, it make you, <laughs> doesn't it make you remember homegrown fantasy when he mentions like they have a picture next to the genetics? So there's the picture of the plant growing. There's the seeds you can buy. That's how homegrown used to sell their grass. Yeah. They used to have a picture of the plant growing. They used to have some grass guy, there. I, I had a guy that how was much? a little bit like, uh, a little bit like, him where he would come in from Morocco and he would have uh, he'd have photos of the plant photo of the hash and uh, usually use a cigarette pack next to it so you could kind of get a judge for the size and then he would nice. tell you the coordinates and the size why I could fucking make a plant four feet tall I can make it fucking six inches tall it's up to me yeah no but the size of the buds and stuff so he was just like you know this is the size six of a bud and he'd, put a, and he'd put a lighter or he'd put a pack of you know something something that you knew the size of it right and then um, but actually I, I gave uh, some of those seeds to Colin Colin did across the Moroccan I think he called it which was uh, and uh, <laughs> it was fire he had some amazing shit that came out of it so. Those land races are definitely uh, tapped. Like it's it's where you can tap into, obviously, uh, things that haven't been uh, manipulated. Hopefully, you know, and <laughs> give it now, a few. Now, 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 would we call those almost true? F, not maybe not true F ones, but F ones because. Well, no. Not, so, well, well, those, well, you can create tests. you can create your own F ones from those because right. you're going to be completely, you know, opposite ends of right. the spectrum. Whereas it's pretty hard if you're just getting seeds now to have anything that's a true F1 because of the fact oh, that there's going to be some uh, back, you know, there's going to be some uh, generation back where you're going to have a, a kissing cousin to a Kush or a Sour or a cooker or whatever, you know, so or, or a granddaddy perp. By using a male and breeding with it, those would give you almost true F1s currently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, know, I think so. I hit him up. I said we're ready. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Do you hey. tell him five times this time? He knows what time. <laughs> I hope so. Hit him up. Hit him up on your side so we can uh, tell him we're waiting. James. Do I was always told that the Todd's the truth here, from ready, Fort Smear was a land race dream. <laughs> Todd's back. Todd's He's back. back. He's like, I don't care. No guest. I'm here. I heard you. I heard you missing a guest over here. Hey, is this, is this, is this new, really not the right time, Dave? Because this is what you sent in the calendar. Dave, so, Dave's an uh, idiot. Don't, don't ever listen to Dave. The calendar was auto-generated. It's my fault. We, we got you scheduled for 6.30, but it doesn't matter because right now we can't get a hold of the Land Race Genetics guy. So we might just have to segue. See, a fuck-up can become like a pretty good thing. So we'll see. But yeah, if, if it's okay, if you give give us an hour and we'll be we'll be ready for you. I mean, okay. I Dave mean, I, fucked all right. Up. I mean, I do have a family, and uh, it's Friday night, long oh, week. Oh, look at him! He's uh -oh. pressuring us. Pressuring. The pressure's no, on. Uh, it's okay. We damn. can we can you wing it. This a month ago, you sent me a calendar invite for for seven o'clock. Oh, oh. I built my head around this. This guy doesn't. He, he didn't think you knew much about numbers. He was like, this guy's not really a number guy. He ain't going to book and care about a little couple numbers being a little off, like a couple dates, times. Uh -oh. Look at that. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> Look at, oh. Uh, as, as long, Thank you. Oh, you should have had him uh -oh. stay on. Yeah, I, he, he got pissed off. I don't know if he'll even call uh, back. Oh, <laughs> Dave, this is the how Dave uh, organized. I had it all figured out. I was like, bring him in. Yeah, let's do it. Now we're not gonna. You now we're not making any money. Now we're not making any money. 
No, uh, it's because. Do you want me no, to get it back on? We're no, never because, making any fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to make money now. It's all because of Dave. Dave ruined it. No, because if he do, he's going to call, no. and then the other guy's going to come, and then we're going to have to cut him off, and then it's going to be just like we had with um, Wolf. Be all mad at us. You know, come on, Wolf. If you will, no, to I show, sent I sent a calendar invite for the I I logged up, you know I had the whole thing booked out and when I sent them the Zoom link I said I said in the Zoom link and in multiple texts and I even did the you know here's the time in Mountain I said six thirty Mountain which is eight thirty your time in New York so uh, oh well my bad maybe he'll call back. Later, what happened to our Jeanette, our land race guy? What's that? Um, I'm not sure. I'm just Where's our him. land race guy? Him now. Where's James? Is he still in the background? Or is he disappeared off of us? I don't know. Everyone's left us. We're just we're just see. in the hole. They're all gone. No, we're in a hole. We're now. in a hole. We're in a can it's of hole. Oh yeah, us. everyone left us now. Uh, I think uh, James was saying something. He like was yelling, and he was like, ah, and then he was gone. Everyone's mad at us. Wow. I just took a dab of full metal cherry rosin. Very nice. I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. What number do you guys put your cartas at? I I know know if you don't use the app. Yeah, that's what I use it on, too. I have it on three, and that's what uh, Adam uses it on, too, as well. Uh, And uh, we're both using the quartz. I guess we're we're using the quartz, both of us. I need that. You know what? I st- I'm still using. I haven't unboxed the the orange one yet. Dude, I'm still using the, the the black and right one. Oh God! Look, Adam's oh, leaving. Man. That's it. I pissed him off too. Yeah, we pissed and off Adam. The end of it. And he's out, dude. He's like not even in he's the room. He he's just took done. Off. He took off. I guess we totally could. took off. We could play. Our- I get. You should. What? What are we playing? I, don't know. I can't see your face, so I don't know when you're about to talk. So oh. you got to put yourself on camera, you fuckstick. There you go, shitty Jamie. Hi, how's it He's going? He's back up there. Yeah, welcome. Swell. So, so oh this yeah. One oh, fell apart Vinny, right on Vinny. <laughs> Way to save it. Right. Right good stuff. on. So uh, what was on the cannabis news page? Was there anything good we should talk about I right there while know. Adam leaves his own show? Ha. So I I piss I piss off Todd, who I can tell he was pissed off. Oh yeah, he was pissed. Um <clears throat> I piss off Todd. I who would I piss off in the chat room tonight? I who was it there? Where'd he go? Enzo. Enzo, I piss you off, Enzo. Come on. And uh I, I, I'm sure I can piss other people off, you know. Right, of course. What did Adam need to pee or something? Uh, no, I think he's on the phone trying to get our guest on. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, this is when I have okay. to fill oh, time. With here you. we go. Oh man, here we go. He's totally saved him. I was just gonna smoke a joint and let people watch me smoke a joint. Right. Yes. That he uh, Todd came back on, but because you weren't here, he didn't want to talk to me, and he left. Yeah. Oh, good. Yep. He fucked it all yeah. up. Talking to that asshole. Yep. Oh yeah, well, I wouldn't either. With his. <laughs> right. No, see, it's exactly what I said though. If you had him come back on, then I would have checked with him. Then, da- oh, and then he. Anyway, it's yep. all good. It's all good. Do we? Are we all good over here? Or what? Are we all? Good? Do we need? Or should I call Todd all? back? No, no. Will you stop with the fucking? Call <laughs> <Todd>? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You obviously have no skills in this world of uh, organizing people and guests, so you've you failed failed me. 
Yeah. Oh, here That's we go. Right. You're going to make me pull up the fucking thing <laughs> the list, that says, the list. Montel Williams. Jesus Christ. I got this guy. I no, I don't know. Oh, no, no what? I'm the one that says 7 I, o'clock? You, you, you missed them all. The up. one, the, no, the one where I say, I say to him, um, oh, wait. So I think I, you know, I kind of fucked up. <laughs> I guess I could uh, sample some of these tunes if you wanted to hear some of the tunes. People are saying that we should what? play the tunes. Oh, is that your your yes, please? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Yeah, he's gonna do audio only. That's just fine. What's, oh, is this you? I want to yeah. hear some Mark thumping bass. Oh, you can't hear it. I'll do it the other nope. way. I'll do it a different way. Sorry. Shitty nope. Jamie sucking at his job again. Don't worry about me. Uh, but we are on diamondsandsauce.bandcamp.com. <sighs> and uh, this one's called Midnight Classes DS001. And Todd won't be back, so we'll have to fill his spot. It's okay. No, I think it's okay because I, I feel like we can drag this whole conversation out for hours and hours and hours. Absolutely. Though. Oh, oh that's shows. nice, Mark. Oh, you oh, like that? Smooth, smooth. Yeah, I played the bass. Manny does all the production on all of it, but I, ju I just play the bass on it. And uh, so that's that. He's in Reno. I'm in Denver. Diamonds and Sauce. Oh, look at you guys. But do you wear the low-cut, um, wide pants? Oh, like man. Spandexy thing the same no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Bootsy, kind of Bootsy style or something. Oh, the bass. Come on. You got to have some... Bass has got to like try extra hard to stand out from the crowd. Oh, yeah. like, you can't just be like boring old Mark. And, oh no no no! You gotta, yeah, you, gotta, you haven't seen me on stage no. before, man. You know, I know. It's you, a whole another thing. I, I can imagine. This is pretty dope. And who does vocals? Um, I forgot who did the vocals on this one, but he was shouting her out. Let me figure. So he out. organizes that somewhere else, or after the fact? Yeah, you play the bass. Uh, beat hussy. Nice. Yep. Mastered by Andrew Lozano. Yeah, that's some baby making music, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell Willie to call in. That's right. That Cheddar Bob is making me laugh. It wasn't Cheddar Bob, the guy from uh, that that uh. Vanilla, what was his name? What's his name? Um, Eight Mile. What's the What's the guy who did Eight Mile? Who Eminem? Eminem. Eminem. There you go. Wow. Sorry, I was playing. There's a guy. That's, a guy. that's yeah. another sign of the vaccine. I lose my memory now. Why, you're like, oh, but, uh, what's that guy again? Cheddar Bob. <laughs> Look at perfect place for an interlude. Yeah, man. It's like, and we're not getting fucking. Booted yeah. off yet? Yeah. Nope. Not yet. But later on, this thing. Gets, what happens us. if this thing gets like picked up and then does our does it come up as a? These are songs that we're just releasing on our Bandcamp for. I don't know, but if that ever happens, though, dude, what is the deal with that? Like, I what if you know. have a? Like, Remember that one time song, at Bandcamp? And then all of a sudden later, it's all hot music and you can't fucking play it. I, you know. What the hell? I don't know. So many questions. Well, tell us know. one of those stories, Mark. About gonna, remember what happened. Remember what happened? Remember what happened what? at band camp? Oh no no no! I don't. I see. I I was cool and I was able to do just jazz band and no 
no, I didn't have to do like the regular band. They needed a bass player for the jazz band, so I snuck in there. Like that. Nice. Hell like yeah. that. Hell yeah. But yeah, you can go uh, support it. We get all the proceeds today if you come out to pro, uh, on, get it on Bandcamp and support it. This is our first release, so they're like less than $2, so check it out. Check, check it out. Check it out. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can hear the bass in there. there you go. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Any words from the guest or anything? Um, yeah, I know. I, I definitely could tell that he uh, took a little disco nap for a second there. Oh, okay. Because it was one of those, like, you know, uh, like, a, like a ceiling shot. I got a ceiling shot with, like, a, oh, oh yeah. Uh, like, turn the phone on straight up, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I think he just needs a few minutes. Excellent. But we have perfect interlude. <laughs> interlude music. <laughs> interlude here. This music. This is great. Yeah. Look at everyone's like on it. Rosa Dogs knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. What? When the cops come and knock and they fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. Wow. Dang. I didn't take some shit there, Dank. Yeah, but sure. come on, man. Wow. Fuck that. Dave, I suppose we can have. Uh, if you have any questions for Adam, oh, this is, this is I mean, moment. not for Dave. Dave doesn't know anything, so Ooh. no. Maybe oh. bagel making questions. Bagel making and, ba- and yeah. bag- bagels and babies. He's really good at that. Those are. What's wrong with those See? two things? Those are. I, I gave you a compliment. There I am. I know it. Thank you. I don't know what's wrong with me. Here I am. I know. Who are you? Who are you? Exactly. Smooth. Smooth. Actually, I rem- uh, somebody just mentioned the Damp Green. That place, uh, you know what I appreciated about them was how their POS system worked. How like you, uh, they didn't you didn't have to buy what was in the bag already. They just took the jar out and they entered what the strain was, and you just put it on the scale. And you could say you want more, and they just keep putting more on, and it would tell you what the price was, and you got what you wanted, and that was it. And I noticed when it got legal here, nobody ever used a system like that. They always were like, I'm going to sell you a gram, but it's only going to be a little over or an eighth and it'll be a little over. I'm like, why don't you just put what is on the scale like you're buying bananas and pay for it. That's, That's it. it should be. Don't right? you think infusing bagels would ruin like the chemical like balance of the bakingness of it or something, man? How did we get on infused bagels? Uh, Telly was asking you, he'll give you a gram to infuse into a batch for him. Um. I just feel like the bagel is like a science. You know what I mean? Like bagel science. You know? And it's like, like, yeah. Well, you you would have to tell me, right? So we need a, can- a cannabinoid scientist to discuss what happens if you get higher than the decarb temperature. So, right? You, I'm gonna boil the bagels. So they're going to be at boiling temperature for about two minutes, but then they're going to get put in an oven at 475 degrees mm. for 22 minutes. Yeah, this seems so kind of pointless. I'm, I'm wondering that that yeah. tells me yeah. that you're going to burn it off, right? It'd be like so CBN bagels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. W- wouldn't it be better to just mix it into the cream cheese? 
Yes. You know, that you're spreading on the bagels or something like that, so you know exactly how to dose it properly. Yeah, cream cheese. Yeah, so it's pretty much, it's just schmears. You should do a can of schmears. Wait, but wait, it it would be perfect for Ed's product, right? Because then you'd know you get 15 milligrams per packet. You just sprinkle it on right after you you put your schmear on. Exactly, which is totally lame and not at all what we want to hear, right? Yeah, I'm totally. totally dude. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking failed us. <laughs> it's a complete failure. Failed. Yeah. So no. Anyway, now but if you could figure out how to put it in to the actual um, dough with un, so it's not been it can't be the whole time, and then it has to be activated within the bag. How long is your baking process, sir? Mm. 22 minutes oh, plus perfect. the boil. That's perfect. Yeah, that's actually perfect. The boil right? is a quick, the boil, right? The boil's not fucking two, two minutes. I Well, I could, if you think the boil is going to be a problem, I can lower no, that to no, about a minute, no, 30 no, seconds aside. Not but. at all. Like, literally, I, back when I was always just making fucking butter, old school style, and, you know, running it through a fucking cheesecloth and doing all the bullshit, I would... F- I don't know where I came up with the number, but I was set dead set on like 43 minutes or something. I was like, that's it, 43. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate time. Like I, I tried it above, I tried it below, ended up at 43 minutes always, and I was like, that's the f- 45 is too long. 40 wasn't long enough. Right. But it seemed like everything happened after about 45, like close to 45 minutes, but I would just cut it short about a couple minutes. But, but uh, I think anything above that, you're just fucking killing it, right? So is it possible it was 42 minutes and it was like that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? It could have the been. The answer to the ultimate question, 42? It is. It is. It's, it's funny how it's 42, right? It's like, oh, yeah, huh? Could be 420, bro. Could be just... Right? Could be to the power of 10. What? Mm-hmm. What kind uh, of bagel can fly a plain bagel? Ah, oh, nice one. Wait, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's a I didn't even crush. That's Polly B. That's yeah. Polly B. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it's Polly B. Bringing us the quality. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the quality, man. Dude, his grandma was on Sofa Bab last week and she killed it. Yeah. She we gave her, he gave her the mic and she just killed some jokes. Yeah. It was hilarious. Nice. Yeah, it so was you great. Know oh, that's great. So you know that whole family is just the whole family crazy, crazy funny. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yep. That's pretty good. Yeah. She rattled it off perfect cadence like we made fun of him because like he's hasn't delivered a joke on the on the podcast like ever <laughs> and his grandma came on and killed two of them <laughs> all right let me double check with our buddy sweet all right. yeah let's double check uh, enzo plays poker well i i fuck you you'll get me steamed and tilted right out of the gate i'm sure actually i've i got out i went out on my last four tournaments on Runner Runner against me. You b- fucking believe this? Got it in good, and they, the poker god said, not today, Dave, you will lose. Yeah. And that was, yep. Yep, and that was the end of that. Poker. Yeah, man. Nice. You've heard of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I can't stand card games. I don't know what my deal is. I think it's just having to sit there with people. It. Yeah, I can't. St- I feel like trapped uh, ah. and in jail. Oh, and like, the yeah. worst. Yeah, exactly. Like when you are, that's that's the time you do that. But that's something I don't want to like strive right. for. I'm not striving to nope. get to the point where I'm like, well, I guess we're playing fucking cards because <laughs> yeah, we got 20 years to sit around and do nothing. Like that is not a time when I want to. Uh, that that'll be it. 
save all my yeah no because it's true i have the same feeling i'm like always even board game all of it board games i'm the worst like my remember how you talk about when you're in the garden and you're like in the trance in a zone and it just you're you're in your happy place and you're doing your thing in time and space well when you know at the at a at a time in my past when i was really playing poker it was i mean you just blink and eight hours went by and then you start saying things like uh you know even the worst day at the poker table is better than the best day at work <laughs> so i might as well just have fun playing poker and that's nice. what i did Okay, I think he's blessed. Ready, ready to roll. All right. He's going to jump on in a sec. Um, so that means like five more minutes. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. No, I'm not I'm sure. I'm a cheddar bob. <laughs> you can see the cards, the reflection of the cards on my forehead. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. Actually, someone said that, and I looked to make sure that I didn't have the thing all messed up so you had the halo i do play for charity the charities of every other poker player at the table enzo becomes my charity that day nice that's usually the way it works lately (coughs) i pay them to send their kids to college is there a way to do a um poker thing during our 24-hour deal because it's a 24-hour deal so that seems like time to play oh i can get into some games sure someone has joined us but not no video no video no he's not okay that's our guy that's our boy okay cool welcome to welcome welcome can you hear us uh yeah i can hear you can you can you guys hear yes we can loud and clear welcome to the show and how do you pronounce your name first off because that was always a he did not know um uh, resin. <laughs> is that such a good name, though? It's like the perfect name right? for a guy who loves weed. You're like... Resin. Resin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so welcome, Irezin, to the uh, to the show. And um, did did we have our time screwed up where you thought it was at a, the other opposite 420 by any chance? Because it seems like we may have... Mm. May uh, actually, yes, because um, <laughs> you know, I, I was I looking saw, at the time and I... I am not the only one that fucked up tonight wow, with the times. I looked. At, I, I saw when I was going to because I go to bed really late around three thirty in the morning or something like that, and right around three fifty nine, I saw joined the con- joined our thing. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> it's almost four o'clock. So okay, uh, sorry about that. Well, I'm I'm glad you could uh, join us. I know I don't know. I'm sure we're not on the most convenient time at this point, but. We'll, we'll take it easy with you. Don't worry. We won't make you. Won't make you think too hard. <laughs> Try not to make you think too hard out of the gate. Um, so uh, we had James on a little earlier, and he uh, was giving us a heads up on your uh, that you guys have these six different provinces that you uh, have selected strains from, mm-hmm. and then the different. Uh, we didn't go into any of them because I, I figured we could do that a little bit later, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting for a lot of the listeners because these days land races are becoming finally recognized as what they are, is building blocks of real, you know, original uh. original things that are locked away within those plants uh, or within those seeds. And uh, now finally people have a chance to be able to flex a little bit and, oh. and, and try it out. So uh, tell me a little bit. Because I listened, I did listen to the podcast um, with Heavy D, Heavy D, and he was definitely, uh, you know, amazing. It was an amazing interview. I, so I'm telling everybody who listens to the show to go listen to that one. We'll try to keep it a little 
we'll try to not just repeat all the same questions, but there was one that in the beginning, of course, because he always asks the same questions, which is you know where you started and things like that. And and I your your story was awesome because it was like real, just shows you how you yeah it's as real as it could be. So can you maybe just tell us that little story out of the gate because I think that'll kind of set, sets everything up for the reality of where you live and and how life is. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. Actually, so uh, one of, one of the things you know that um, I always try to make sure that you know people do understand is that um, you know this wasn't started off like as a company or it wasn't started off as okay you know that we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a small internal revolution you know within one person, and then you know that it, it was spread out to other people and you know all the people you know that had a similar vision and a similar concern around land race. Uh, varieties of cannabis, like you said initially, that uh, you know, not only that they're very important to people, you know, d- different people, you know, breeders have uh, different expectations from landrace varieties, you know, when they get them, and then there are some people, you know, who just, just want to preserve them. So you know, a- everybody comes from you know a-, a different angle, but at the end of the day, uh, some way or the other, everyone understands, you know, that why the, these building blocks of you know. Uh, the modern cannabis are very important and not not just because you know we w- might want to revisit these uh, varieties or you know we just want to like fix some of our varieties and uh, kind of go back uh, but i think uh, in, 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 a, in a lot more um, you know there's a lot more to it you know when it comes to preservation and you know the, to land race varieties so uh, the, 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 I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I want to make sure, you know, that mm-hmm. people always understood. And, you know, as you referenced into that interview from the podcast, so I, I just try to make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we tell people exactly how it happened. And, you know, the, the message that it, uh, I wanted to get across was that, you know, uh, wherever you are, whatever stage you're at, uh, you just have to do whatever you can at this point in time. And, and just keep, you know, doing that. And whenever you get an opportunity, just scale up, uh, you know, to uh, do the preservation or, uh, you know, even if that's uh, just the breeding that you're doing with land race varieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so in that sense, you know, we also just started, uh, you know, I just started out as a matter of fact, as a curious person, you know, I smoked, I, I got very interested in it. I wanted to see where these things come from. And when I actually went there, you know, it was a whole different uh uh, I, I mean, I never expected the kind of effect that it had on me. So when I went there, you know, it had a uh, very profound impact on uh, my psyche. And from that point onwards, you know, I just had this vision that, you know, I, I just know what I have to do. I have to uh, go to as many places I, as I could go to of traditional cannabis or uh, where you have natural primordial cannabis populations growing up. And just not only collect all these samples, but also, you know, collect information about, you know, the places they grow at, um, you know, about the geography, about the climate, about the cultures, you know, that uh, these plants have been uh, there because of. So just a lot of things. And as we started, you know, doing it, uh, you know, uh, we, we understood, you know, more and more that what needs to be done and how it needs to be done, how it needs to be communicated to people so that it's not only, uh, you know, uh, that it becomes, you know, interesting and it becomes uh, understandable for uh, a wider audiences as well. And it's not just confined to, you know, our 
cannabis community. So I, th I think that uh, all these small little things, you know, uh, uh, they, they just like create the whole journey and, you know, uh, every bit is just as important as any other. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're living in such an amazing spot for the ability to, to get to all these different types of, uh, you know, microclimates that are surrounding you. Um, and like when I go through your Instagram account, it's like, I'm like, you know, you can really see the, the, the variances within the, the field, like within the fields themselves, you'll see like, there's a lot of variables, um, which means that there's a lot, um, there's a lot in there, which is awesome from a breeder's point of view, because it's like, you know, what I would, as a breeder, I would hate, like, we, we kind of, we all, everybody wants to see fields of cannabis and, you know, big corporations want to see fields of homogenous, perfect cannabis. that's all the same. But as a breeder, it's kind of like, no, that's like the last thing I want to see. I want to kind of see the, still see those wild uh, interpretations and things that are out there that are, that are hopefully, you know, uh, preserved along the way, which is what, what you do an amazing job of. Um, and just documenting it and, and getting the, <coughs> to the people that are actually producing it is great. Like I was watching one of your Instagram videos of like them sorting seeds and just, you know, seeing it done like, you know, raw and then the feel like, okay, this is this plant particular to be able to get the seeds from the plant that you see. And, uh, cause I had people who used to do that for me. Like when I lived in Amsterdam, they would bring me seeds from Morocco and they would take a photo of the, the plant and they'd show me the region and kind of do kind of what you're doing, like map it out for me. And it was great because normally you get like a little scribble, you know, with some little thing and you don't, you have no idea what you're working with. But, um, you know, in the beginning, I guess, you, like you said, you were just doing it um, for your own sort of uh, curiosity and, and to find those things. When did you actually decide or when did you realize that there was uh, also business to be done that maybe not necessarily that that's the focus, but that, there, you know, that there's a whole world out there of people that are like looking for what you are able to have access to? No, I think there are like a couple of things to it that, uh, you know, I would like to state. Uh, and first and the foremost thing is, you know, the motivation for, uh, you know, doing such a thing. And I, and that was the incentive that we could provide to these communities. Because uh, one of the things that, you know, I realized because, uh, you know, I was not just going out there and, you know, like trying to collect these varieties. At the same time, I was also a part of the uh, larger cannabis community, you know, that exists outside uh, of, you know, Asia in the European and the American uh, from countries, right? Mm -hmm. So what I was able to see is that, you know, all of these varieties that, you know, people have had for a very long time, they've bred into something or they've just like selected it, you know, from uh, its general population. Uh, but uh, it's very seldom that, you know, uh, what, whatever like financial incentives are generated out of those things, but it's very seldom that something makes it out to those regions, you know, mm -hmm. uh, leave alone in a very, you know, direct manner that, you know, you're, you're offering it to someone. But, you know, even in the most indirect manner, you know, that uh, that money or, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the monetary, you know, gains which are like, you know, generated uh, by those seeds, they, they just don't. So. Sure. We just wanted to fix that. That that was the first part, you know, that I wanted to take care of. But apart from that, you know, when you're working with these farmers, uh, you have to understand they're selling resin. So if I'm going to be, uh, you know, making them interesting, uh, interested about their own seeds, uh, you know, that I have to show them some sort of incentive in, in it, 
that why you should be you know saving your seeds in a very specific way or why you should be you know saving a certain type of plants and you know then like not use them for resin instead you know dry them out and you know mm -hmm. uh, we could like use them for seeds only so uh, th that that's one of the things you know that makes sense to them okay you know if we do this then we can make some money because at the end you have to understand that you know everyone you know uh, needs some money you know to get by mm -hmm. and especially people in these communities because no matter how much they grow you know they just they just tend to be struggling, you know, no matter where, what part of the world you go. There's this one common thing that I've found about, you know, traditional cannabis places. That no matter how big of a growth they have, they'll always, you know, be struggling because of some, you know, uh, societal or like some, some sort of hurdle that, you know, that, that there is, there's a middleman, or there's something. It's so, it's universal though. I think that's like a, that sounds yeah. like a, that sounds like a universal thing. Like there's like so many people yeah. in, in America too who didn't get involved uh -huh. with legal cannabis because it's too that the, the bar is too high to get involved. So they you know stuck uh -huh. stuck to the underground or the traditional market. And you know even when like there's like you know always moments and times where you get a really high price for your product, but then there's also times where that same product is is you know it's like like the stock market where it just drops for to the point where there's you know yeah. like OGs uh, absolutely. OGs that used to get nine thousand a pound or eight thousand a pound ridiculous prices in the nineties are now struggling to get a hundred dollars an ounce. You know what I mean? It's like really, yeah. You know, it's like people are doing fifty dollar ounces and all the way up. You know, and it's like you're thinking like, wow, okay, that's that's a huge drop. But I think I think. It, I, I, when I listened to the podcast, I also realized that you were you were saying that there's a there is a market in for like the reversal where you're getting like uh, American genetics coming into into India and and or actual product coming into India. Is, is that the case? Like high end uh, cookies and mm -hmm. bullshit strains. Not really bullshit strains, but strains. Yeah. In, in our opinion, like you're bringing sand to the beach if you're sending weed to India. In my opinion, you know what I mean? It's like why would you? Like don't don't uh, shouldn't waste your time. I mean, you should definitely be able to find enough things. But I guess everybody's yeah. so hype orientated. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, I was I was amazed to hear from on that that there was uh, high expensive indoor available in India too, right? Yeah, I, I mean it's, it's it's counterintuitive when you think about it because, like you said, that you know it's like giving sand, putting sand in a beach. Mm -hmm. uh, but in reality, you know that uh, even though that you know it's been happening so much here for such a long time, and when you talk about cannabis, and you know everybody's been smoking cannabis for like thousands of years, but when when you talk about like smokable bud or like flowers, um, I don't think there has ever been a market. Uh, you know, where you have like seedless flowers and uh, really a culture of, you know, smoking seedless flowers, even though you do go to northeast of India and south India. And, you know, 99% of the times you will see that people are smoking flowers, that they don't smoke resin, they, 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 uh, very seldom they make hash out of it. Um, but th 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 that flower is, you know, it, it just would not uh, stand in comparison to something you know that's uh, that bred from the hybridized modern gene pool, mm -hmm. but at the same time we understand. I mean, uh, you know, as as a preservationist or as a breeder, you know, from whichever standpoint, you do understand. You know, the what value that genetics hold, and uh, you know, one does not simply compare it to a hybrid in terms of potency. You know, because we just understand it wouldn't be as potent as some of our hybrids are. Right. But still, you know, they're, they're really important. But yeah, when you talk about uh, a market, you know, where people have uh, 
bikes available readily of you know high potency we're not i mean here you have to understand when we're talking about general public of india you know like most 99.99% of the people are not really concerned uh, you know that they want to smoke land race variety what they're really looking for is an exotic experience just like everybody else in the world i mean so if you happen to be here then your exotic experience is defined geographically you know mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever is like the farthest from you and that happens to be america europe and then also uh, you know these countries also happen to have you know some some of the most potent weed uh, as of now you know uh, like you're one of the breeders i i understand and you know mm-hmm. you have a fair bit of contribution in, in that so yeah i mean there's a huge market for that at the same time you know india is you know one of the uh, probably one of the places where you know cannabis comes from you know if i have to speculate but at the same time uh, you know hybrid varieties are very scarce here and you know if someone has hybridized flowers um they can like really name their own price and uh, a normal price is like around like 15000 to 1500 dollars an ounce of you know uh can uh, a seedless cannabis you know that, whoa, 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 that basically whoa, whoa. can be ca- categorized <laughs> you, got Dave, you got Dave all excited. Wait, wait, wait. he's like whoa wait whoa. when are we going where wait <laughs> how much yeah. crazy prices. it's about 1000 to 1500 an ounce that is if you buy an ounce uh, so you get a discounted price if you're trying to buy it per gram um, it could go as high as like 50 to 60 uh, 60 dollars a gram It's like, uh, it's like but it's a luxury item you have to it's understand like it's a luxury item yeah it's like japanese prices mm-hmm. back it's like like it was in japan where i was just like really you pay that much like oh my god but um yeah it's it's, it's crazy when you when you think about the fact that it's growing wild everywhere you know what i mean and 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 then you got to then you have people taking taking it around the world back to the origins basically you know what i mean and maybe not the actual origin but um Yeah it is it's it's interesting but it is like the world is coming to closer and closer and because of like Instagram things like that you got you know everybody knows what's up and has heard of uh whatever the hottest strain at the time is uh do you, you see a lot more tour do you see a lot more cannabis tour well now maybe not not now of course because of covid but pre covid did you see a lot of uh a lot more cannabis tourism coming from the fact that people are now being more exposed to cannabis in the in in America and other countries on a legal basis um yes i mean I, i would say i mean especially you know like looking at it from the year 2017 18 and 19 you know we had like quite a few people uh, as a matter of fact quite a few breeders coming you know from europe and america um and, and and they just simply came there so that they can experience they can like you know look look at these plantations you know as many as they could you know some went to more some just went to like a couple of places as you know they could manage mm-hmm. um but, but but yeah it was really interesting to see you know that uh, and you have to understand someone who's coming from america or europe he's spending a lot of money already you know just just by taking a flight and then you know staying here and everything so it was really uh good and interesting to see that these people are you know willing to spend so much money in it just so that they could come over and you know uh, yeah. take a look at these plants and uh, really i mean uh, there there's not much you could do i mean you could just takes a few seeds and um you, you just have to be passionate about it uh, the way i see it so yes i mean uh, a, a lot of tourism you know in in terms of people you know who are breeding or people who you know might want to get into breeding so uh, this trying to uh, go out to these places and try to get a real sense of how it's done traditionally and you know 
uh, maybe just connect uh, with, with the plant at a very basic, at a raw level, you know, with, the, with these people, and then just kind of go back. Yeah, it could be similar to something like this. You know, you, you have these fighters uh, sometimes, you know, fighting at like high, big promotion, and they sometimes, you know, they go back to like Thailand or, you know, uh, places like these where these martial arts came from just to, um, you, you know, yeah. just like to reinvent sure. themselves. So, so yeah, if you want to look at it in that sense too, I mean, you know, I would say, you know, definitely, you know, a lot of breeders, you know, might even be planning, you know, to go to a lot of places, other places like Southeast Asia or in Afghanistan, you know, or Pakistan, so that, you know, they could get a fresh perspective on cannabis and, you know, get some like, uh, you know, new genetics to just breathe some freshness into, uh, you know, uh, yeah, into a redundant, somewhat redundant gene pool, yeah. if I may say so. What's it? Well, yeah, it's, and, it, and, it, and like we were saying before, though, redundant yet highly highly sought after at this point in time and it's it is oh, absolutely it is yeah. funny because like when i like i moved from america in 89 to europe to to holland and then i was in holland from 89 till 2010 and it's like the same sort of deal where everybody now in holland wants genetics from the states and the whole time that i was in holland people from the states wanted genetics from holland so it was like this whole switch over where everybody and you got to imagine that a lot of times it was like you were buying genetic or people were really wanting these certain genetics and it was like well those are actually coming from where you are they just came over here got reworked and now you're coming back you know what i mean uh, so it is kind of like a real mishmash going on with all the modern stuff i think one of the interesting things about places where there's uh, wild cannabis, like, or just massive amounts of, of local cannabis, is that when you bring in something, unless you're bringing in like tons and tons of it or you're growing crazy amounts of it, the chances of you really putting a huge dent, I think, into the whole thing is pretty hard because I feel like it, it kind of works itself out a few generations out, you know, where it just kind of like you might see it the first f1 that you do you'll see a lot of like okay this is very much like the like this mom and this one's very much like the dad whatever but if you tr if you're trying to do it in an area where there's massive amounts of pollen just flying around then i think it just gets cut back out pretty fast uh, have you noticed that like when you bring an og over or is that where people have like given you seeds and have you grown a lot of like have you grown genetics like that and seen any kind of things change over time I mean, you know, I don't have that much experience, you know, uh, to be very honest, that I would see that sort of changes because, I mean, it takes time, like, you know, a decade or, you know, over a decade to experience, you know, such things. But I, I will tell you something, you know, that I know academically and, you know, uh, I've studied and learned about plants in general, not just cannabis. It's, uh, you know, when you, when you domesticate a wild plant and, you know, you, you domesticate it towards a very specific expression. So if... After that, you know, you, you, you do not maintain it. You know, what would happen, what you would see, I mean, uh, you, you don't even have to, you know, uh, go into a place where you're like crossing two different genetics. I'm speaking about, you know, domesticating a specific variety. So if you, if, if you don't, uh, you know, maintain it, what you would see is that it would eventually begin to degrade and sort of like regress back to a state, you know, mm -hmm. where the plant could thrive in that particular environment, uh, you know, uh, in, in the best possible way. And, and that's, you know, what we're really seeing when we're looking at these land-raised populations. What we're looking at is a population of plants, you know, which are which happen to be on that year the perfect embodiment 
which was which was required in, in, in you know in, in that locale so if if that plan you know expressed in a different way then it may or may not have you know gone on to be able to make the seeds even or survive in that climate i'll just give you a small example let us take an example of you know when you go to afghanistan or you know these high latitude regions where it's not that uh, you know where it doesn't rain that much especially around the flowering uh, time the resin seem to have a very very dry texture mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, it, it just it doesn't really make a lot of sense you know why would it be that way but when you go to uh, other places like you go to subtropical or tropical places where there's a lot of rain there's a lot of humidity during the uh, you know uh, during the time that the plants are flowering you what you would experience is that you know those plants seem to have very sticky you know a very sticky texture to their to their resin mm -hmm. and and that just you know uh, that's just something so integral to the survival of those plants in in those region because you know it just rains constantly and if it's very dry that will be hard mm -hmm. uh, you know for the water to just pour down uh, yep. uh, out of the bud so because yeah, you know yeah. they're like really sticky what what you see is just water just does not you know, you know like stops around the buds and then the buds are airy too i mean so there're like a couple of things going on for that plant that you can see it has adapted towards yeah. and that is simply and only to mitigate you know the environmental risk which are present in that area so if you bring a plant like og you know you can grow it but you know anything that would be influenced by it or you know which uh, would look like that would eventually not survive and will get um, you know naturally get selected out you yeah. know yeah it's kind of what i was saying because it's just yeah because if it were if it were expression you know that could survive there then you would already see plants like that i mean apart from the potency whatever it has been selected for the og yeah i'm, I'm simply talking in the terms of the, the way plant looks so if it's not a successful adaptation then it will not work there for uh, you know over time it will just disappear yeah i mean you can think about it when you think of all equatorial strains are usually much more uh designed for maximum uh be, being able to to repel water you know or able to cut through it either by the shape of the buds or the like you were saying the resin the type of resin okay so one of the things that's interesting when you touched on here with with resin types which i think uh people now because they're into concentrates are figuring out that you know there's some strains that are just not good for making hash or traditional hash. There's some stuff that's awesome for making you know uh, BHO or some other concentrate on quantities or qualities. But the minute you try to actually make like so char and, and charis being even more extreme like that because uh, you know there's nobody in America making charis right. There's no there hasn't hasn't happened. But traditionally, obviously that's that is the preferred method. In, in the region that you're in and and then you go to other places and they're more into screening and so obviously a different type of resin gland is going to be more preferable um because like for instance og is like terror like it's just makes shitty hash like it doesn't make it makes great <laughs> concentrates technically like as far as strength but it doesn't have the right consistency and i was just so i already know that it's never going to be good for like it would make the greenest charis you would ever probably have you know what i mean because it just has that, it has that consistency but um because of that do you do you see that amongst the plants that are there though like some plants aren't good for char like they know like the locals know like that that's not a good strain for that or, or they, those strains just get tossed because there's no point of them anyway how does that work 
Um, you know, if one, once they've grown something, you know, let's say if a farmer has, you know, 10,000 plants at the, you know, at the end of the harvest window, then, uh, I mean, he's just going to simply go through it, uh, you know, without really scrutinizing it uh, on a level that it would get in a place like America or somewhere in Europe in comparison. Um, but yes, I, I, I mean, the farmers do tend to, and not all of them, but like uh, some of the farmers do tend to, you know, s select some a certain plants or prefer certain plants, you know, over the others. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So, some of the things that I've heard outright from, you know, farmers and is uh, they're always looking for plants, you know, uh, where they have to take out less and less of the fan leaves and, you know, they have more and more of the buds and more of more of the part, you know, that actually contains the resin. So basically, they they have the idea. They have the right idea. I mean, they're just trying to you know increase their yield. They understand if a certain plant you know has more of this crystal, uh, you know crystals growing on them, as they call it. They, you know, yeah. most of them call it crystals, trichomes. So if they have like more of these resin glands, you know, growing all over the plant, then they understand that they'll be able to produce more resin, and which in turn would get them more profit. Uh, so. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's one of the main drivers, you know, when they are, like, selecting, if at all they are selecting. And then, of course, there are people, you know, who are, like, really old or um, people, you know, who just haven't gotten around, you know, these things. So they just simply tend to, you know, just go through the population without uh, worrying about what plants look like. And then they just sow seeds, you know, without actually selecting it from any specific plants. But then at the same time, there are people, you know, who would prefer that, oh, you know, I see these four plants look great. You know, they look the best. So what I'll do is I'll just take seeds from these four plants and plant them. And obviously, you know, over time, you could see, a, uh, you know, you could see a clear difference between the crops of the people, you know, who are uh, putting in, um, you know, their ingenuity into, you know, selecting a, a better and better plants over time and the people who are just simply letting the nature takes its course because, of course, you know, the plant is not working for us, so it'll just grow the way it has to grow, right? Um, but, yes, when we intervene as human beings, we can, you know, segregate the plants, you know, that make sense to us and then we can just um, create a population, you know, where most of them are uh, d d desirable, you know, to us in the way that we want to, uh, you know, produce resin or whatever we want to do with them. Um, so yeah, it's it's different. I mean, like some people do it, but most people, I, I would say, uh, don't really select. Uh, but uh, the the ones few who do, I mean, uh, yeah, their, their, their crops look apart for sure. Mm -hmm. And. <clears throat> I saw also one of the videos that I was I was pretty uh, amazed at was I was watching, I'm not sure what the region was, but there was a guy making hash and he was doing it with, it was almost like he was doing static tech, but he was doing it on a large scale with big pieces of metal and he kind of was brushing them and it seemed like he was just scraping the what was coming off the edge, which to me looked like almost like it was how I would do uh, with paint roller and parchment paper or something like that, but on a bigger scale. Do you, know, do you know what video I'm talking about? Yeah, I think you were speaking about Balochistan. That's in Pakistan. So um, it's interesting, you know, even even though these people all go with dry sieving, I mean, dry sieving is the you know method of choice for almost entire Kashmir, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, these adjoining regions of cannabis. But when you really get down to it and you look at their practices, from region to region, you know, they have these vast differences in the way they will dry sieve it. Mm -hmm. So just, just to uh, put an example across, you know, 
you, you go to a place like uh, Balochistan, as you were speaking of, or even Tira Valley, what, they, what, what they're doing is, you know, that they're using like plates. Uh, these are like big uh, steel or metal plates that they're using to sieve on like bigger cloth. And uh, things are being, you know, produced in a, uh, in a way that you would call it being mass produced. And then they have graded it in like three different uh, categories that this is the first run, this is the second run, this is the third run, and they're priced accordingly as well. So they seem to have that sense. And then you go to other places like Kashmir, you know, where, where they're also using the same dry sieving method, but it's just so much different from, you know, what's happening in Pakistan because uh, these people are doing it in a very simple way. They're just putting a small cloth and, uh, you know, running really small batches and let, letting everything mix there. Uh, I mean, their only focus is on the quantity. They're not really going for the quality because, I mean, when you talk about Kashmir, there is no really market out there. Uh, people really don't have that sort of money to, you know, pay for hash. Right. So whoever's making hash doesn't really have to put in so much effort into it because he's never going to get paid for that effort. So you, you can just understand outright, you know, that they just let, uh, and just go for the quantity straight away so that they can sell it at whatever shitty prices they get there and, you know, uh, make their ends meet. But when you go to Pakistan and Afghanistan, there's a whole lot of freedom and there's, you know, a huge market. And then there are people, you know, who just take it and, you know, send it even out outside the country. So the opportunities become so many, you know, and, and so much uh, that, you know, that they pay more and more attention, you know, towards the details of how to extract it. And, you know, even if you're extracting it, how to, you know, make it better if you could have like three products instead of one. So you could see all of that is a, actually a byproduct of having, you know, uh, the, them having an access to a bigger market and actually being able to get a decent price, if not a good price. Because at the end of the day, you know, all of these traditional farmers are getting bent over, you know, no matter what money they're getting. Sure. But that, but, but, but that, when you talk about, but, but that one technique though, was that, was that actually what he was doing? Was he, was he getting just like static? Was it making, creating static on those metal, on that metal to then scrape off that edge? Or was it just because he was just kind of yeah, clean? Because it seemed like that. I was, I couldn't no, tell in the video. No, it was, it was static cleaning. It's, it's just that, you know, uh, uh, they don't make a big deal out of it, but yes, that was static cleaning. Yeah. And no, that's, I mean, that's what just, they do is, it was just really cool because it was like, okay, that's on some scale. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you gotta have a lot of product to pull off that uh-huh. small percentage and actually make something out of it. Cause I know for, <laughs> from experience, it takes a long time. You're like, all right, I've made a gram and a half, you know what I mean? But to be able to make kilos of it, it seems like that's a, a serious job. But yeah, to explain a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, again, uh, like I said, uh, there won't be many people, you know, who'd be buying that quality. So at the end of the day, you know, mo- most of their uh, produce is mass produced, you know, which is like third quality or the second quality, the first quality hash. And if it is being, you know, uh, cleaned statically as it was being by, you know, our friend in Balochistan, then he's only going to be doing it for like maybe a few customers, you know, who just pay in advance and they're like the connoisseurs. You know, they, they just go ahead and pay him in advance in the season that, you know, you know, sir, I need like two kilos of that or one kilo of that. And he actually gets a very good price for that. But then there are not many people who would, who would want it. So at the end of the day, he's not really making more than like a kilo or two kilo of that particular quality. Yeah. He's not going to be able to find more than two or three people who would pay that sort of price. Do you know how long they've been doing that for, though? Um. No, I haven't really asked. I mean, how long they've been doing it, but it's something that they've been doing for uh, quite quite some time. 
Hmm. Um, uh, because it's definitely not something you know that they picked up in this generation. I mean, it's definitely yeah. been handed down to them. That's and those true. people are around like all 40, 45, 50 years old, um, right? So, I mean, you get the idea. Ooh, I mean, even old. if it came from previous <laughs> generation, after at least around like 100 Wait, years. Wait, 45 years? You that old? Really? No, no, not not me. I mean, uh, you know, most of the farmers <laughs> oh, of that we not. work no, no, with, no, no, no. you know. Yeah, no, it's funny. So, yeah. That's super cool because that's also just like one of those things where you know we're. It's kind of like when when we had like I used to when people would grind weed in a in a coffee grinder, right? And then it whips up the trikes to the top, and so anybody who has like an eye for it would be like, "Hey, look, these look really good," and you'd smoke it and go like, "Oh shit!" It just kind of kicks off all the trikes. So there's always like a little shortcut to finding the 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 cream. You know what I mean? But uh, it's cool to see that. Because that's kind of like Dave Watson and those guys. That was their little secret uh, for a while was the whole static tech and everybody was trying to figure it out. And then, you know, people did it with uh, CD covers and paint rollers. And now, you know, it's just like to see somebody take it to the point where they have big giant pieces of metal and they're getting pretty decent amount because I was looking at how much he was kicking off into a bucket and I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. You know what I mean? I love that. So, and I think it's really cool because making hash, as you know, is like uh, it's like gold mining, right? Where everybody has their own way of doing it. Some guys do it with water. Some guys do it by just pure, you know, just chiseling it out and running it through screens. And it's all very similar in the sense that we all try to get to the same goal, which is the gold or the cream or the best, you know, the best part of the the, the resin. Uh, do you think like, I mean, I, obviously things have changed in the last, you know, twenty years with. Um, you know, between the border disputes and poppies, poppies growing instead of cannabis and stuff. Do you, do you think that like who, who right now is producing the best quality hash in that region? Like you think, cause I know a lot of places that maybe were at one point are probably compromised in these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if we, if we talk about, you know, resin or hashish, or you, however may you want to say it, I mean, it has to be Afghanistan. I mean, you have to go back to the, you know, motherland of the uh, yeah. resin extraction, as I would like to call it. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing, or I would say one of the surprising things is that, you know, northern part of the Afghanistan, you know, which is like more accessible and, you know, you, you really have like a government hold there. So it, you, you can go there and you can see, you know, with all sorts of techniques around, you know, extraction exists there. And, you know, they're just way ahead in, like, plantation and domestication and just about every aspect of living and growing. Um, but even when you go to places like southern Afghanistan, you know, where you don't really have the same environment, I mean, you know, the place is under uh, the hold of, you know, most of it's under hold of Taliban. So, I mean, you don't know what to expect. I mean, what are you going to look at? Because there's not a lot of transmission of information that's coming in there. There's no internet. People are not supposed to have phones. You know, you can take a gun there, but you, good God, you can't have a camera there. You know, you get shot over that. <laughs> yeah. So Priorities. Uh, so, you, so one has to have like some sort of reservation. Okay, I'm going to go there. And, you know, these people don't really have that sort of influx of information. So maybe these will be the people where I will see something you know, which I haven't seen. And that's just not the case. You know, you, you go to these places and you understand that the dry sieving, the hash extraction is so integral, you know, so it comes so organically to these communities because, you know, they're growing and surviving on cannabis. I mean, of all people, they have to be the ones who would know how to extract it. 
and not only that they know how to you know extract uh, resin from their plants beautifully which is by dry sieving um they know uh, you know how to uh, grade different qualities they know that you know if we if we want it to be good it has to stay over for at least a year in certain condition for it to become you know smokable mm. i mean because uh, when you have uh, just extracted resin it's just raw you know it, it's termed as raw in a very uh, i would say in a very cultural way you, you go to any of the you know yeah, uh, cannabis pots it, it also doesn't age not, it doesn't age well if it's been taken out fresh cuz it ends up the water there's still water in there and there's still kind of like breakdown yeah. going on and yeah i've always noticed mm -hmm. that too yeah i, I mean for the, mo for the most part you know you would want the the uh, cannabinoids to crystallize at least to a certain point you know so then you could really smoke uh you know the, the you can really get all the flavors when you're smoking and not just you know while you're smelling them uh but again these people do have that understanding you know that they have to uh, uh have have it stored over for a year and they need to run it as a cycle you know uh, somewhat like a wine you know where they have uh stocks coming from you know uh, previous years that they had uh put in so 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 in that sort of way and then apart from that you know there, there are some people you know who go there during the season they just want to pick up hash and get the hell out of there so for those people they have other ways of doing it you know they would just take resin and they would just cook it with by adding some water and you know they have this uh, their own technique you can even find one of the videos on youtube uh, it's not by me it's by someone else but you could see uh, someone is in kandahar i think or in some sort of uh some uh, southern province of afghanistan and they're just like really cooking it and you know adding water to the resin and they've like really shown uh, the whole part i mean we would like to get uh, a good nice video and like make a small documentary on that too uh but i think it's going to take some time but anyways what i'm trying to say is that uh you know you go to any part of that country you know no matter how secluded how isolated that place have been from you know <clears throat> last how many years you just see you know they all seem to have the idea of all the cutting edge ways of extracting hash and in a very raw and their very own cultural way but you and, see and the also, idea is the same just like and also quantities like they're yeah quant quantity, which is insane i mean yeah. sometimes you know <clears throat> you just stand in awe and uh, you just looking at it you know well, especially like if you've done stuck. it especially when you've done it yourself and you realize how much work goes into it you realize like holy shit that is all i mean amazing yeah. amount and yeah. and uh you know inconsistent too because that was the thing when i was growing up uh in the 70s uh, 80s it was like afghan hash was always 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 the fucking exactly the same consistent thing that came in and it was always there same price and just you know it wasn't i mean there was obviously always scale uh, definitely uh probably for every thousand pounds that came or a thousand kilos that came in i'm sure there was a hundred of something super you know higher quality that didn't maybe get to the average people but there was always the consistency where you knew that that was their like bread and butter um, kind of like how morocco is yeah. too where in morocco you go there and you look at the plants especially i mean now there's been a total change because of people bringing in genetics but the original genetics that were there kind of piss poor quality to begin with and then they would but they'd make hash somehow magically make hash that was fucking good you know what i mean you're like really like out of that like amazing like whereas where you're the regions you're in are definitely uh much higher quality 
then they're even like where you think that stuff's bad, maybe where you are, there's, there's even worse, <laughs> but they still managed to pull off <laughs> the world's most amount of, of hash at, you know, yeah. then it's, so it's, it is pretty amazing sometimes. Yeah. yeah that, that's true. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at, you know, how much resources these people put in to grow these plants, which is like absolutely minimal. I mean, some of these communities, uh, these, you know, put the seeds into the ground and then they just let the nature takes its course. For example, you know, this one of these places we documented during the Duran Line project. Uh, it's called Mapan. So it, it, it's a play. It's basically like a highland region. And, you know, uh, one thing it's in, you know, southern Afghanistan. And then even there, it's like, Mm, on the highlands so it's like super like not connected to anything mm -hmm. so people you know the way they are grow growing cannabis is just so raw i mean they're just sowing seeds and, and they're just letting them grow it's completely rain fed no irrigation and then you also come across you know one of these farmers who's what he's doing is he's importing seeds from you know northern afghanistan mm -hmm. and he's growing it on the periphery of his <clears throat> i'm sorry on the periphery of his field so that, you know, some of the males can go on to, you know, pollinate his crop and over time he can have like more vigorous plants because they understand that, you know, people in Northern Afghanistan, you know, have had, uh, you know, better opportunities in terms of, uh, you know, access to certain resources, whether it's knowledge or, you know, um, agricultural tools or whatever. And they have been able to, you know, uh, implement all sorts of techniques into their repertoire and they have, uh, you know, much better genetics when we talk about domesticated uh, in the in the way they have been domesticated. I mean, just northern uh, Afghanistan is just like head and shoulders ahead of all the other parts of Afghanistan. But at the same time, when you go to uh, places like South, uh, even though that <clears throat> some places like Mapan, like I'm speaking of, where you know uh, the, the plants are not really uh, domesticated in a way that you would like them to see, but um, the quality of the resin it just does not you know like uh, uh degrade i mean you know somehow what you see is that no matter what their plant look like the hash that comes out of it is so consistent like you said and it's uh very very potent you know so, so sometimes it's really hard for even us to understand because some of these crops don't actually look very good to be honest right. when you when you look at them right but when you smoke that hash it's almost unbelievable to you know, think about that same crop and, you know, think about the effect you're getting from that hash and just reconcile the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think we get that now. We get that now also with our, with our stuff too, where you'll have strains that were like, you know, really, really unruly and hard to grow and, and a big pain in the ass. And then all of a sudden you make some, some extracts from it and they're amazing and they win a contest or some, you know, for some, they fly off the shelf and all of a sudden you realize like, oh shit, I guess we're going to have to grow that super low yielding or that terrible, you know, structure or whatever it was. But, but at the end of the day, you can't get rid of it because everybody wants it because that's got a certain <coughs> profile. So it's like we're, we're, um, people are finally adjusting to the plant where they're not just growing the biggest yielding, you know, fastest flowering thing. Um, I think that the difference, I think one of the things that land race is, uh, when people hear the word land race, they immediately think of 14-week plants, 16-week plants, uh, which is definitely part of the, the game. But I mean, what, do, what about, what, what, is there a certain region that has maybe quicker flowering varieties that are, but that are 
of decent quality that you can like which what would be the region that you would go for that because that's obviously the genetics that most people would be looking for as far as to bring into their uh already active populations is there a certain gold yeah absolutely so I mean, you're absolutely correct in saying that, that there's a general consensus when you speak about land race that, you know, it's going to be something which will flower for at least 14 or 16 weeks. And um, a lot of people get deterred because of that, that they think, you know, I live in, you know, northern climate and northern hemisphere. I just no way I'll be able to, you know, flower that thing outside. And I just don't have the space inside or whatever, you know, there are like a number of reasons. But um, when you're speaking of land races, you know, again, we're speaking of adaptation. So you have to understand that there is a fair amount of, you know, these regions which are above 34 degrees north, as high as 36 degrees north, 37 degrees north. And when you go to these places, what you see is that the climate is such that the snow is going to set in somewhere around like the end of October. So the plant, uh, you know, has to have a flowering term which can finish before that event takes place, before the snowfall happens. And the plants which do not, they will not be able to make more seeds, you know, every year on year, only the plants, uh, you know, which were adapted to flower, you know, faster before the snowfall happened, you know, they were able to, you know, mature their seeds and, you know, put them in ground. Only those, you know, plants survive. So when you go to these northern latitudes, you find these populations, you know, that flower in about eight to 10 weeks uh, because they, they would go into flowering somewhere around like, um, end of the July or, you know, uh, beginning of the August, and then they would just flower into like August, September, and a little bit of October too, I mean. So uh, it, it, it's just, you know, you, you have to see, you know, what, what do you want, and you, you're looking for something which flowers short. You have to look at a part of the world, you know, where you could not finish a plant outside mm -hmm. if it were to flower 16 weeks, and you immediately look at places like northern Pakistan and, you know, Afghanistan and northern Kashmir, cyber, and you understand what, right? yeah, yeah, any plant that thrives naturally in that condition, you know, that is uh, photodependent, it has to make its seeds before the snowfall happens. That happens very early, like as early as, you know, late October or early November. Yeah. So then you know exactly where to go for those plants and where to find them. When you go to Equator, you know, there is no snowfall. I mean, there uh, I mean, to a certain degree, if you're very close to the equator, you don't even see any sort of like season changes because it, it, it's, it's just so close to the equator and, you know, the way Earth is and everything. So would that be the, so would that be the Hindu Kush region? Would that be the same area or? Oh, no, the, the equatorial region, like uh, no, the, the, the region. No, no, not the equatorial. Uh, no, not the equatorial. I'm just talking oh, about the, 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 first the, one. the perfect spot would be sort of like with Hindu. Oh, yeah, Hindu, absolutely. Hindu, Hindu Kush would be like right out there, of course. It's kind yeah, of the, Hindu, Hindu Kush. Yeah, it's kind of the NorCal. Oh, it, seems like it's the, it seems like it's the NorCal of, of, uh, of uh, the region or something like that when it comes to the, the compatibility, yeah. which is always. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's. It, See, when you go to Afghanistan, you, you have like two, two different kinds of terrain. So you, you have like flat land and lowland regions. Like you have uh, places like no northern Afghanistan, uh, where it doesn't seem to have like much of the altitude, maybe around like 500 meters, 300 meters, 700 meters at the most. But on the other hand, you know, those places are already at 36 degrees north. So, you know, they, they have a relatively short season already. So anytime... And around latitudes, you know, 36, 37, 35, 
you know, you have highlands, you have, let's say, an altitude as well in play, which is around like 2,000 meters, and you're taking it a step further. I mean, uh, the, you know, because is uh, that environment is going to be even more harsh, even more cold, and, you know, season, season is going to be like even, more, even shorter. So when you're like really looking for the plants that, you know, flower fast, uh, I think Hindu Gush would, uh, you know, would be the place to look for that sort of genetics. But at the same time, it's not just about the flowering part of it. When you're speaking of such marginal, you know, uh, environments like Hindu Gush mountains, you know, it's, it's not really one, one of the best places for your plants to grow. Mm -hmm. So whatever plant has adapted to that region, I mean, first of all, it has to be absolutely bulletproof, right? And the second thing is, uh, that in order to ward off a lot of things, and especially, you know, uh, in, in high altitude areas, you have this high intensity of light and UV rate, uh, you know, a high UV index throughout the year. So those plants have, you know, gone on to adapt in a way that they grow a lot of resin on them in order to, you know, uh, reflect, uh, you know, UV. let's say, you know, uh, yeah, UV uh, radiations or, you know, again, I'm, I don't want to say, you know, this is it because no, it's not, no, not, no, 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 nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. It's yeah. kind of, eh, maybe that could be one yeah. of those. Could so be I'm just trying to, you know, uh, say, you know, think, what is general consensus. I think harsh so, conditions. I think harsh conditions definitely. Yeah, so harsh condition basically begets that because, uh, you know, we, we've experienced something. You look at stinging nettle. There's a plant, you know, that's basically in, in the same family as cannabis. Uh, mm -hmm. And... Uh, that stinging nettle plant, you know, we, we can find that plant in the lower altitudes and they don't have that big of spikes. They don't have that many trichomes on them. I mean, they're like a bit different than, you know, uh, cannabis because, you know, if you touch it, it, uh, it, it can really hurt your hand and all that. But as you go higher in the altitude, what you see is whenever you see a stinging nettle plant, it, it tends to have more and more of those trichomes and more and more of those uh, you know, stings, mm -hmm. stings to it. Mm -hmm. So what we saw is like a positive correlation between, you know, uh, the harshness or not really the harshness, the coldness of the environment or higher the altitude is, yeah. the more the plant has those trichomes, uh, which could be spiked for some plant, you know, to, uh, you know, which repels yeah, the predators or... I think also, yeah. I, I noticed it too, like, cause we're here in Colorado. So we have lots of, uh, you know, it's one of the things when I was driving in today, I was looking at the mountains and I was like, huh, we probably got similar, yeah. similar views in some spots, you know what I mean? But it's definitely, we have, uh, you know, uh, lots of 14ers here. And when you drive up higher and higher, what you notice is, uh, that all the vegetation gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Like everything, like it seems like every cell might be a little smaller, you know what I mean? Just to kind of make them more efficient. And you kind of see the, the plants become, they have to be more efficient. They can't deal with, you know, and it, it's, 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 I guess it's the same for, you know, for all, all plants, you know, they, they all seem to, if they're in the valley, they're going to be big and, you know, the cell, yeah. each cell would be bigger, you know what I mean? And then you get up to higher in the mountains and they're going to be tighter and, and more efficient more woody mm -hmm. you know they can't be hollow stamped up in the mountains because they'll just snap you know so but if you're down in some watery sort of spot they'll just be like big straws you know um and is that is that i mean i've always been under the impression with the different um types of different types of chars that you know same sort of situation the higher up the mountain the better the quality of the of the of the hash is that kind of is that kind of true or yeah, it, it certainly holds up to a great extent. I would say, even if it's not that black and white. But yeah, but I, I, I what I truly believe is that you know, uh, 
if you're looking to find plants, you know, which have large trichomes, which have uh, trichomes which are densely packed all over the leaves and the bracts or stems and, you know, everywhere else, then you have to turn to places, you know, which have very harsh conditions and especially they have high altitudes and they have very, very cold environments. So this is one of the places we went to is Lolab Valley in Kashmir and it's like around 34 degrees north and altitude is about like 3,000 meters. You could be at 3,000 meters there and you could still find plants. And we have now... The, the good uh, one of the interesting things about these plants is that the I mean this population that you know found at Lola Valley was was a primordial cannabis population. I mean it's just the most you know, the cannabis plant that I've seen you know in its primordial form. So you know that, that's how we uh, you know denote it and you know try to categorize it. Right. But here's the thing you know like nobody has done anything to those plants. So the way they grow you can just sell out right. You know they they grow like a wane and all that stuff. But the trichomes that they grow are like huge. They're, 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 they're actually, their stocks are sometimes even bigger than, you know, uh, some of the hybrid varieties that we've seen at. And it tells you something. It tells you that, you know, the bigger trichomes are having more dense coverage of trichomes over the leaves and, you know, other non-reproductive uh, parts of the plant also is not actually a byproduct of, you know, what uh, a certain group of people did with the modern cannabis, you know, by, you know, through breeding. It really is just a byproduct of the, a certain specific environment. And every time you run into a population that is growing in such a harsh, cold environment, you always see plants which have exceptional, uh, you know, uh, trichome production, whether it's Lola Valley, whether it's, you know, uh, Hindu Kush Mountain, whether it's Northern Pakistan, I mean, you just see, you know, that there's this theme that, that goes around. It doesn't really take a genius to actually, you know, figure that out if you just right. look very closely at these varieties. Um, yeah, sometimes, so, sometimes, so, yeah, sometimes I'll see plants that don't produce much um, uh, yield because they, mm -hmm. they get kind of a weird, like, yeah. almost a mutated look. But it could also just be some sort yeah. of genetic sort of recessive thing popping out. But they'll, But they'll be absolutely covered in resin right like to the point where you're like this thing's putting out the resin on this thing has got resin like it's amazing and, yeah. and it better look like you know the production is terrible and the plant looks like it's not gonna you know could couldn't be put into any kind of major production but at the same time i think if uh n now now that people that that's kind of where i think that the, the whole modern hybrid thing is is just a combination yeah. of of the fact that we can take some of these bigger producing uh, equatorial plants combine them with some of these extreme resin plants that are you know uh, maybe not the best yielders but just putting out the giant because that's the thing is it really comes down to the resin gland size because if, if you're separating enough things you you can figure out that like hmm this is a a great plant for you know maybe for flower production but at the end of the day when you look at the percentage of resin coming off of it it's not that much and then you have another plant which doesn't look like it would have been worth growing but grown dense enough it's totally worth it because the resin count is so off the chart you know so it's nice when people figure that yeah, out absolutely. yeah that's uh, that's a beautiful way of putting it across i think um, yeah, I mean, I mean that basically is the goal of you know uh, modern hybridized cannabis, and it has been able to you know uh, achieve and you know do its job pretty pretty good as far as I understand. So if you go to Afghanistan, you know it, it's it's something you know um, I, I think something that not a lot of people would really readily understand is that 
if you if you look at a large enough population in a place like Afghanistan or Pakistan, you know, you will be able to find plants, you know, which have just amazing, you know, uh, terpene content, you know, that these the smell is just off the charts. You will be able to find plants, you know, they have resin, like you said, all over the plant, you know, even at places that you wouldn't believe uh, the resin should be. And then there are plants, you know, which have this amazing yield. I mean, uh, sometimes you don't even have to go to, you know, like uh, other regions. I mean, within that population, you see all of the good features, but it's very hard to find that one plant that encompasses, you know, all of those features into one plant, you know, that uh, one plant that has the size, that has the girth to its buds, you know, it has an intense aroma and, you know, it also generates good effect as well and has, you know, pest resistance. So you, you see different characteristics and, you know, different plants. And, 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 and that's uh, one of the things, you know, that makes uh, land-raised population such a wonderful thing when, uh, you know, when you're trying to breed something is that you have all these ingredients, you know, separated within a population. Mm -hmm. And your first job has to be, you know, grow, grow them and try to understand, you know, what these plants do and, you know, in what proportion they uh, produce, you know, what, what characteristics. But then another thing, you know, that we, we, you would notice about these populations is that there will be some characteristics which will be absolutely similar across the board. Uh, like I was speaking about, you know, Lola Valley population. So in Lola Valley uh, variety, I mean, I'm speaking of these bigger resin glands, and that is just something which is, omnipresent within that population yes they can have major differences in the way they grow you know in the heights and you know the way they branch sometimes but uh, you definitely see you know uh, some things are just absolutely integral to survival at those places and they just seem to be present in an overwhelming fashion within the population and you see the plants which really don't boast those uh, you know characteristics are, uh, are never doing so good in you know, in the same field where others are. So, yeah, I mean, I mean there's a whole, I mean, you know, when you're working with land race varieties, it just opens up, uh, you know, such a wonderful, I, I would say, gift to you that, you know, you're not only breeding, you're learning so much. And uh, for us or for me, I mean, you know, it has been particularly, particularly wonderful because uh, at times I don't even have to grow like thousands of them. I could just grow there. I'm sorry, I could go to one of these places and I could, you know, uh, you know, be with those farmers and experience, you know, what those, uh, you know, plants express and, you know, what all you could see in larger populations, you could, you know, record patterns uh, within the populations like intra-population uh, themes and all that stuff. And you, you could really sample uh, resin from different plants. And when you come back to your own place, so you, you have the liberty that you don't have to go through 10,000 plants because you by and large understand, you know, what these populations are like and, you know, uh, what all you could see easily and what all could not be seen very easily and would be rare within these populations. So then you can act accordingly. And also, you know, understanding what sort of characteristics come from, you know, what places, it, it just like narrows down your process so much. You know, for example, when uh, the hybridization of you know, the modern, I mean, all these modern genetics uh, that we have today in Europe, America, it took close to like 50 years for people to get to this point. But it's it's not like you need 50 years to create something like this. It's just that there was not that sort of information. The internet was not there. And, you know, everything happened very slowly. 
but if today someone was to you know perform you know sim similar operations with those land race varieties and try to create a hybrid you know it could be done you know in a fairly smaller time frame like as, as small as like five to seven years someone could achieve um you know what communities have been able to achieve in like three or four decades but but that but it has to be that way you know when something starts off you know uh, the pioneers will always take more time because you know they don't have any reference to fall back on they have absolutely nothing they're just you know pioneering it that's why they're the pioneers uh, and as you know they do more and more of that work you know people like us who come now you know have really have this framework we can look at all the mistakes which were making we could see all the good things that happened and you know we could see the best what the best best plant looked like so we, we already have you know all of this to reference to and and then there's this other aspect that we understand you know what characteristics are coming from you know what region so it just makes it so easy for you to i mean uh, really i mean go uh, approach the varieties that you know carry a certain trait and then you know uh, try to introgress them into a gene pool so that you can create your own varieties so right. yeah and, and and that way as well it's such an uh, such an interesting thing and you know all thanks to people uh, you know in the western countries they've done a lot and they have really you know given like sort of a guidebook if you were to do it at your home or you know if you were to do it uh, you know at some other place other than a traditional place you know how you need to go about it and if you're not in a legal place you know how you need to go about it so you learn a lot i mean you know uh, it's it's really like a hitchhiker's guide you know to growing cannabis in a legal world right. so when, when you go to these communities so it's just yeah it's a uh, you know the people by by need pretty much like you know america always had the situation of it being illegal and everyone had to work underground and do it to the best of their uh, abilities now it's above ground and those people are being used to you know help push it further so in a way america had a little bit of a boost i think because of it being so underground for so long and everybody pushing it, pushing it hard on the underground as far as you know as hard as they could and now having an ability to then flex and be able to do it 10 times the amount they ever did but, but legally and we kind of got a little bit of a boost but there's places like where you are genetically which we'll never be able to tap I mean, there's so much stuff there that's, tra you know, trapped in those plants that, I mean, in the right conditions, like you said, I, I don't even think five years. I think they could do it in a couple of years just because people could push, can pull out a lot of really interesting things and pair them up. Do you have a lab that you work with normally or do you kind of do like send it out sometimes here and there or do you have some, do you have somebody close that can oh. do it for you? Uh, I haven't been really able to, you know, uh, get hold of a lab, you know, that would be uh, really interested in doing something like this because <clears throat> uh, there's a financial part to it that it's, it's really costly mm. uh, to get some of those things done. And, you know, regardless, we, we still try to get that done. I mean, it's not like we skip over it, but no. yeah, we just feel, I mean, if uh, th there was a lab, you know, uh, which was just more inclined to do this as then they saw some like value in it. You know, just from the data standpoint, if nothing else, I think, I think so. it would really facilitate and speed up the whole thing. But as like not, even, it's not well, even like a mobile, even like a mobile unit, you know, that would kind of give you a reference point, even if it was just like your reference point. It wasn't necessarily like a, you know, going into a to a sort of actual document or something. But in the sense of just for you to be able to gauge enough, like. Uh, 
when you have some outliers that are interesting. One thing I did notice too is that uh, when I was listening to the other podcast with you is that you, you said that a lot of this, you have a lot of 50-50 kind of pretty equal <laughs> CBD, THC strains just on a, on a natural basis, which totally makes, yeah, that's, uh, makes that, sense. That, that's in Milana. Um, that was speaking about, you know, when we went to Milana mm-hmm. um, you know, we collected seeds and I started sending it out. So, what uh, this is what happens, you know, when when you send seeds out to people. One of the good things is that you get data back, mm-hmm. and as you get data back from you know these different places, and everybody has something else to tell you that you may not be able to see as a human being, because every individual is different, right? Mm-hmm. So we started getting this data about uh, varieties from Milana, and uh, and something struck to me as a theme that you know there are certain plants within this population, and and they're not even that rare, that. Uh, don't contain, you know, much of THC because, you know, uh, some of the people told me that they grew uh, one of the plants which looked absolutely caked up in resin, but when you smoke it, you just don't get uh, high like, you know, you should, right? So that tells you that if the resin gland is there, there there has to be another cannabinoid in it, right? If it's not THC, because if they were full of THC, then you would feel something. But if you don't feel something, you're still seeing resin on there. That means they contain a different cannabinoid, maybe, you know, that's not psychoactive in nature. And, you know, the second most abundant is CBD. But then, you know, uh, you can't just make that assumption. And, and then comes this test that comes from Europe. You know, one of the, uh, one of the guys who took a sample of, you know, uh, Milana Charas over there, and he got it tested. And what he found out, and, and you have to first of all understand uh, before we get to the test that, when we speak about cheras from Milana, I mean, it's not from a single plant. You already have to understand it's an amalgamation of, you know, randomly, maybe, you know, 30, 40 random plants. So it's exactly, it's, it's a perfect it, test. Yeah. So it's literally the exactly, perfect test. It's literally it, like exactly what yeah. they would do in a lab, though. They would want to take together yeah. as much as they could to get a general idea, mm-hmm. because if you're doing it from one plant, that, it doesn't really tell you much, right? It tells you that plant. Right. But the fact that they're actually testing so, lots of plants, I think it's yeah. awesome. And yeah. that fifty-fifty is exactly where nature would want to put it, right? I mean, that's like the perfect balance. Um, bet- in my it, it, I mean, it, 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 uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if that's something you know that nature would do on its own or something, something of that sort. But it, it just seemed there, there, there were like two different populations, you know, uh, w- which were crossed together at some point in the past, and then you just see the. A distribution of the chemotypes, you know, that certain plants go on to have more of THC, uh, you know, inclined towards, you know, uh, having more THC. And then you have some plants that incline towards having more of CBD. And then you have this, uh, a good proportion of plant in between, you have this corridor where you have a haphazard mix of, you know, THC and CBD in various proportions. Uh, but yes, if it's not done intentionally by human beings, then uh, things would sort itself out in that way that you will clearly see, you know, um, parentage, uh, the male parentage, the female parentage, and you you, you will also see, you know, uh, the intermediate uh, type product. And we see that very often and not just, you know, in, in terms of chemotypes that someone has, you know, uh, see a certain CBD to THC ratio because we're not really able to, you know, get a lot of tests in, like I said. So you could also see that in in a phenotypic manner. I mean, you, you go to Afghanistan, you go to places like, you know, uh, Andhra, uh, for, for, for that matter. So 
what what Anurag uh, region really is is it's at the foothills of the Hindu Kush. So it connects with you know the flatland territories, and it also connects with the, the, the mountainous regions. So what you see is like an influx of pollen, you know, from the mountainous region that's coming down towards uh, you know the, the flatland areas, and the, the 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 population, the cannabis population, which are seen around the foothills, they seem to have these three different plants. You know, one that looks very much like the flatland, you know, the plants that grow in the grows in the flatland territories with very broad leaves and like really squatty, you know, mm-hmm. and just designed to hold all its moisture in itself. And then you you also see plants, you know, uh, which look more like, you know, that they've been uh, adapted to a highland sort of region and they're just like uh, more sparsely growing. And, you know, they have these other features which are distinctly different from the ones that come from flatland. And then you see uh, an intermediate type. I mean, you just don't see one. I mean, of course, you see a variety of plants, but you can categorize, you can definitely see that there's there's been a very clear interaction between these two uh, very different looking plants. And then there's a intermediate population that has come up, uh, you know, where, where you have these different aspects coming into uh, the progeny from, you know, both, both sides. So, uh, and, and again, you know, those people are not really selecting plants in a way as, as, as you would look at it uh, in a country like America. So you could say to a great extent that they're letting the nature take, it, take its course uh, as far as, you know, the selection part is concerned. So that's just, you see how, you know, plant uh, populations figure themselves out. I mean, you know, there, uh, I I feel, I strongly feel that there is a pattern in how these, you know, uh, you know, things happen. I mean, you know, how the distribution of certain genotype happens amongst or the characteristic happens amongst the population, but we just don't know what exactly that is. It's definitely the way to to do it though. I mean, like open pollination is where all the magic kind of happens. Same with like, just like, uh, uh, primordial plants like you were talking about them in Tunisia. That's like that's where all the like there's literally things uh, there that are just waiting. You know what I mean? They have to be pulled out. Um, and for instance, if you did have access to a lab, uh, not that it's the way. I mean, it's it's great if you go by by people's actual effects and figuring it out. But it's it's interesting too because the fact that there's a lot of CBD also means from a medicinal quality, like people aren't expecting, you know, super high THC, no CBD. They're kind of like looking for the f- combination of the, the, and you know, the naturally being uh, anti-inflammatory, for instance, without even knowing what's going on, they're just feeling better. Right. So they're going to gravitate towards that particular, uh, they're going to gravitate towards that particular plant, which is kind of what happened in, in like Jamaica, for instance, which, didn't really have a land race because everything was brought there from somewhere, you know, but, but they did have, <laughs> they did have uh, a style, you know what I mean? But it was also plants that grew like two feet tall and flowered right away. And they grew them inside of, you know, uh, tires and shit. Like, so it wasn't like scientifically like a high quality way of growing, but it wasn't also growing wild in fields as much as like, you know, I'm sure yeah. in places up there, but the locals ended up, selecting a lot of high CBD strains because a lot of them just used made teas out of it and things like that. And so I don't think THC translates as well into like a tea as a CBD probably would, you know what I mean? Um, do you find that it kind of goes like when you're saying nature runs its course, uh, do you think that that's also the way that the local, a lot of the locals kind of work their stuff too? Like if something works, they're going to 
maybe collect something from it, but and or at least <laughs> take notice of that, or is there just a lot of um, percentage? Yeah, I, I, I mean, just think about it in a very practical way. I mean, uh, CBD is one of the cannabinoids which is not subjectively felt. I mean, uh, you, you can't like you know smoke a joint that has uh, some THC and CBD in it and tell, mm, okay, it has this much CBD or it has CBD. You can't know for sure. It's not subjectively felt. So something that needs to be tested and you have to know it beforehand that, you know, it contains that. Or, <clears throat> I'm sorry, another way of doing that would be if the plant only has CBD. So, you know, like I said, you look look at a plant that is caked in resin and you smoke it, you don't feel anything subjectively. And you could conclude that maybe it contains the second most abundantly found cannabinoid in the uh, cannabis. And then you can get a subsequent test and, you know, see whether or not that's correct. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like you said, in Jamaica, um, I mean, that's, that, that's a great, uh, you know, cause and effect, you know, that uh, you provided for, you know, how it would have, they would have ended up with, you know, most of the CBD plants because they must be looking for, you know, milder and milder plants. Because, of course, when you're cooking down, you know, cannabis, when you're cooking down THC, it, it just has a whole different effect when you're consuming it by, you know, drinking or eating. Yeah, that, so, that and also, you, and that and also, I think they like to smoke all day long, right? Like their whole thing is, uh, yeah. it's not about getting like super yeah. high off a tiny joint or doing a couple long uh, hits. Like totally, yeah, that's you know, yeah. that's like typical white guy, like young kid doing fifty <laughs> bong hits in a row. You know, I mean, they they'd be like, "You're crazy," but they want to smoke all day, giant joints. You know what I mean? So in a way, I think CBD yeah. kind of lends that, right? It's kind of a they they just yeah. maybe did it off of again. Uh, figuring it out you know which is which is always the best way it's like when you have something that everybody likes is better than something that you like right because at the end of the day that's what you're trying to do you're trying to create something something for every, for for everybody right um and that's usually the case when it comes to those kind of situations where you know you end up with a big pile of something and you ran out of something else. Well, you shouldn't probably do the thing that you have a big pile of again, right? You should probably stick to the uh-huh. other one. And that's how yeah. common sense slash uh, just letting it kind of do it, literally run its course at that point. Um, is, is there any? Is there any? Um, are, are people realizing though um, <clears throat> that, that what they have is special enough that they're not only, only doing what we're doing, which is always looking outside of what you don't have, right? Like, like over here, no one's ever satisfied. That's the difference. You got to imagine Americans are the worst. <laughs> we're, we'll never be satisfied. We'll always want more. We'll always want something different. Um, but I think we've infected everybody with that sort of virus, that virus, which is a different one, but the one of just like <laughs> wanting to consume more and have the, the latest, greatest of the, you know, whatever Kardashian yeah. bullshit. Is it kind of <laughs> happening? Is it happening like, is, is, it, is it happening like that over there too, where people are looking at it like they, they only want what we have um, and don't realize that they're st- sitting on a gold mine of, of like <laughs> genetics yeah. and, and things there. I mean, it, 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 I think it's something more human than uh, being an American. I think it has to do more with being, you know, human being and the way we are. I mean, the, the enterprise of curiosity, I think, is you know s- such a common thing amongst each one of us. You know, be it an Indian, an American, or a Britisher or a German, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in, in America, what I see, you know, what I really like, and and I see it in a, actually in a positive light that. They, they're like this ultra curious about things and uh, they just want to, you know, get hold of things and, you know, figure figure it out and then they want to 
push it to its limit, which is great. I mean, which is why you have, you know, the best hybrids of cannabis coming from that country. I mean, it can't be a coincidence, right? So, I mean, that way it's just fantastic, you know, uh, that curiosity, you know, begets good things for the society in a way. Mm, but yeah, I mean, I gotta, if people, I'm, I, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I actually have a question. I've been sorry. No, you're, been not quiet for so long. you're not allowed to so, talk. No. So have you found a strain that, really is an Indian varietal that somebody is taking credit for here in the States is calling it some next great, you know, and, and you smoked it and you're like, oh my gosh, we've been, we've been cultivating that here for years. I can't believe somebody is calling it a new strain where you guys are in Boulder. Anything like that? Um, no, I, I wouldn't say that because, and, and for a very simple reason, because when you smoke hybridized cannabis, uh, you know, one of the things he, he already said, uh, Adam, that, uh, what what hybrid varieties have done is that they have brought all the best features from a large population and put them into like one single plant, uh, right? And you you can pop like as many as only two plants, and you can still be uh, you'll still be able to find plants which have all the desirable qualities in them. Maybe if you grew like ten of those, you 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 might see relative difference amongst you know the females, and you could say you know five of them are not that good and. Two of these are good, but if you take that, you know, and you know, you know, you map it against like a land race population. I'm not trying to say you can't find plants as good uh, as those in uh, land races, but they will be very rare, and those qualities would be, you know, uh, found in different plants. Like you'll find a great smell in a different plant, you'll find a great yield in a different plant, and yeah, it's just really rare. You see a plant, you know, that has all of it you know uh, you know going right for itself and uh, the hybridized can cannabis has just done that you know that people no longer has to you know, grow a thousand plants um you can just you know grow a few plants and you can still have them of course you know a, a lot of you know taste and flavor and you know the way it makes you feel sometimes makes you reminiscent of you know a lot of different varieties that we've had in pure form but still we, we can definitely see you know that there's a lot of work that has gone into these even if you know some of those plants are simply selections from you know the land race populations they're not even like crossed to something you know i know a lot of plants uh, that at least people say uh, that they are what they are and then you know you have of course you have hybrid varieties you have people you know who have uh, you know cross southeast asians with afghans and they have of course they have the right idea to you know cross to uh, you know genetically distant uh, you know, plants and then create like the more superior one. Like you take an African child and you take uh, a child from, uh, let's say, um, make sure you, you don't know, get India caught taking or, those kids. Or, Maybe yeah. get in trouble. You, you, you grab kids. Them. You'd be grabbing yeah. kids from everywhere. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying to give an example. Know. You know that if, if, if you cross them, you know, if, if they have a child, it's gonna be way more superior and something you see in America because um, you know in America you have yeah. so many different you know races, ethnicities, and there's a lot of back crosses that yeah. just kind of fucked everything up. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and, and you don't have that, and you don't have caste system and all that sort of yeah. you know stupid stuff. You know that you can't marry this and that, and you just see you know uh, you know Africans you know marrying you know, Asians, and you know the kids are just super smart. You know because. It's just the better pattern heterosis, you know, you, you, if you're going to cross, you know, genetics from two end of the spectrum, the progeny is just going to be so much superior than yeah, you know, was, both of the parents. Before you came and, on, before, before you actually jumped on, we were talking about the fact that there's so much uh, bottleneck here in America that you don't really have any true F1s. And it's really hard for people to get that. Like most people think they're doing something special, but the reality is there's some, if you go back 
just a few generations, you realize like they both have the same, uh, you know, sour diesel in common or the same Kush in common or something like that. And so there's very rarely do you find stuff. Whereas, you know, you take two extremes and that, that is where all the magic happens on that first generation. Cause after that, it's all just deciding whether you want to continue, which direction you want to go yeah. from, from that original cross, but all that's where the decision making goes. You can go forwards, backwards, side to side, do whatever you want to do, but you can't, you can't do, it's very hard if you take two things that are unknown. You get stuff, I mean, it's funny though, because I say that and everybody who's kind of like trying to, trying to, trying to do things along those lines, it's really hard to do. And there's other people who don't give a shit and they're just taking whatever and putting it with whatever. And they're coming out with some great stuff because there's a lot of homework that's been done in between, but they don't have, but there's no way to go back and really um, figure out what you did or know what you did because there's so much, uh, pre-work that's been done um you know i think that's yeah, where, that where it's going to be interesting with, from what you've collected i think that's what people are going to get the most benefit because they're going to have a chance to take what they've already got which might have a, a lot of questionable things in there but at the end of the day they know what they have because they've grown it over and over uh-huh. and over and over and over again yeah then they take a mail from what you have and they add to the mix and then everything that happens from that point on is coming from a, you know the first generation is going to be a 50 percent pretty much uh, contribution from what you're bringing to the table or what your mail is bringing to the table and then they can go they can really s- sort of learn pretty fast I think because there's a lot of uh, I mean it, it may not be a very easy because I've had a lot of problems in the past. I, I think I grew the only Indian stuff that I can remember growing is it was a Kerala skunk from from Sam Skunkman back yeah. in, back in the day and it was actually the best it was the most stony plant. It was the one that got me the most high, had the most trippy kind of effect. I almost thought it, I mean, I never had it tested or anything because it was a long time ago, but it felt a little bit like a THCV kind of effect. Do you know if there's any of that, that kind of that region? Is there any kind of known, have you, have you seen it or have you heard about that or does anybody really even go that kind of deep into it? Um, we actually, you know, uh, did a test on one of the varieties not so long ago. I mean, a few months back, and uh, you know, when we sam- uh, when we tested like seven or eight samples at random, all of them had THCB in them. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some plants which had as high as one percent. I, I mean, when I say as high as one percent, I hope we're on the same page that you know yeah. it's something which is really hard to come by even yeah. in like smaller percentages, right? Sure. So there was so almost every plant seemed to have that, and and this is a variety that comes from Pakistan. It's Hmm. Uh, not really long flowering variety, um, but it, it's just a very isolated, uh, you know, uh, uh, place. And you know, uh, the cannabis population just had to be isolated for a very, very long time, and has to have adapted, uh, you know, into something, you know, which um, I, I can say for sure, you know, that the cannabis, uh, the modern cannabis gene pool, doesn't have any of that. Would it? Would it, would it be um, since you're really good at latitudes? I've noticed you're like definitely on point. Like, like he knows exactly where is what. So, <laughs> South Africa would it be similar uh-huh. on the opposite sort of and opposite sort of way? Um, because it, it, exactly, it seems to be the where the all the THCV stuff, kind of like the Durban and, and and all those varieties, seem to be the ones that are the go to THCV kind of region. You know what I mean? When you think about it, like oh yeah, it's from South Africa. So would that be kind of about the same, but just in the opposite? Or um, 
okay, so I mean, I, I, I don't know if, you know, there are varieties from South Africa or like Africa, which have THCV in them. No, so they are, there I'm are, not there like, are, no, there are readily cognizant of that. There are a lot, okay. actually. So that's, that, that, that's, that's been tested. So that's kind of like something that's known amongst most because oh, yeah. it's that's been tested a lot and it seems to be like the... The, the Durban poison seems to be the kind of strain that everybody f- focuses on when they uh-huh. think of that. And then there is a lot from that region that seem to have that. Uh, and so I'm just thinking it might be something to do with the the terroir and the, the sun, the angle of the sun to the plant. And who knows, you know, it's just might because it might be a, it might just be a reaction like we were talking about earlier to the, to the, harshness of the of the conditions and it might just to me it seems like if it's a, a band you know what i mean it might just be that same just flip it over and it might be right at the same zone i don't i don't know i'm just throwing stupid ideas out there but <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, it's actually um you know it makes sense because see uh we don't know for sure what it is because there's just so many things that play at the same time you know uh, that you just can't say, and someone you know who says he knows for sure, then you already know he doesn't, right? So <laughs> right. of course there are part, there are parts of you know there are things you know which are like pretty apparent, like you, you could see you know the, the size of the leaves, or you could see you know if it's an it has an open or a very close structure, and then they would directly correlate to a certain climatic con- climatic condition, like uh, for example, if it's growing in a very bad area, you would usually see plants which are very you know sparsely held you know when it comes to internodes and there's a lot of space for the air to like pass by not really get accumulated go to afghanistan you go to a dry region you know where there's uh you know zero rain and the plant just grows in a way that it tucks you know itself to the ground and try to you know keep all the humidity inside uh and and, and you could see this adaptation amongst like even other uh, other species of plant you go to a place like tibet you know you could see uh the, there is a plant species called like rock jasper Right, so it's a it's a wild version of jasmine, and the way it grows, it it doesn't really grow in a spindly way like the jasmine would grow. Mm-hmm. It, it it grows in in a very like cluster like form, and it just makes like an umbrella so that it can you know intact keep all the moisture intact. You know that place being such a dry bone dry place, and then there are varieties uh, in, in that same valley. What these varieties do is towards the night they would exude all the water out of their leaves. Because it gets so cold in the night that if there's water inside the leaf tissues, it's going to freeze over and it's going to damage it. So the plant has a built-in mechanism where it can voluntarily take out the water out and keep it on you know, the cuticle or the surface of, of the leaf for the entire night okay. so that it's safe when it's like really cold. But it then it gets... It um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and when it is morning and the sun starts feeding, you know... It, uh, because you know that water would have melted on the surface of the leaf, it, it just melts. So I'm, I'm sorry, it would have frozen over during the night over the surface of the leaf. Yeah. As the sun beats down on it, it just melts, and you know the leaf just takes it back. Wow, I mean, uh, most people. Uh, it's like the frogs that die you know, every day. You know, I, I know people who are not that smart. You know, so uh, right, we we know nothing about plants. Is what I'm trying to say here, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so so little that we understand, but. Yeah, there are things which are like very apparent to certain populations, like we speak about, you know, um, uh, flowering term that, you know, you go to a place well, where... Would it be interesting knows. to like take a plant like that and then put it into like a totally different condition and see what the hell would happen to it? It would be like, uh, yeah. you know, couldn't, because they'd be so used to having freezing temperatures, like what happens when it's not in freezing temperatures, you know, it would be... In a few, in just a few generations, that would be possibly well, not a few generations, but you know, give it a 
give it a little while, and that may if it, if it survives, whatever whatever makes it through, could quickly. Well, some some plants will. I'm, I'm I'm sure. I mean I mean I mean that's one of the reasons you know the cannabis is in so many places when it only started out at a very uh, specific uh, you know environment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it started in an environment like Tibet or uh, somewhere like it's really cold and harsh. But now you see those plants could be fine in, in near equator. Those plants could be fine, you know, just about everywhere else in, in, the, in the desert-like terrains and the flatlands. And, and, and the reason behind that is just what you said here. I mean, you know, if you take like enough plants in a place which is like entirely different from where they came from, few plants will go on to survive and they will yeah. go on to make seed. Yeah. But what you would see is that the ones which do survive have something you know distinctly different from rest of the population sure and basically that is the reference point you know from everything will skew off into a different genetic tangent and whatever population that happens to adapt over time it will have those features or maybe you know those features would become even more uh, prominent as in the, you know the, the plant would express begin to express in itself itself in a different way so that it can, you know, mitigate whatever risks are there, which are not letting, you know, the ninety percent of the population survive in that. Well, it's like area. A, it's like it's like I always like look for mutations in my popu- any population. If I find a mutation, I'm always kind of focused on that, just as yeah. a potential like donor to the world of weirdness. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this thing could do something, but usually, <laughs> usually they don't. I mean, ninety percent of the time, or even more, they don't do they don't do better than the rest. They uh, or you know, or don't have a real reason to to be kept around. But you know, it's like either like a double stem or or you know, a flat stem or something weird. I'll be like, oh, let's check. You know, this is gonna be interesting. But um, you know, I find that cannabis is probably one of the most quickly adapting plants. So that's for sure. Like it definitely adapts to its environment and in instant. You know, like in a whenever a given time it will. You know, like you, you can lay it on the side; it'll flip back up or put you know cut it uh, cut it down the middle it'll heal both ways and both will grow you know i mean there's like definitely uh pretty easy to manipulate plant in that sense is there uh is there any like uh as far as hash going because i mean producing hash i think now is becoming a like a real thing in america right it wasn't a thing before we never had anybody and i think there's so much to learn that's one thing I, i i uh definitely think we have so much to learn because the problem is most people here when they when they produce hash it's either bubble most of it's going to be bubble hash because that seems to be the easiest process for people right which is water separation but that's kind of like to me it's 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 uh i think dry sieve is the most like long like it's, it's definitely the best way to make it stay the longest um is there any is there anybody who uh because I know bubble like water hash is not really traditional at all anywhere except for, or is it? I mean, is there any place that you know that was kind of? Oh no, it, I I don't I, I don't think so. Not not that I've seen that you know some, some traditional place using you know river water and you know some sort of uh, you know bag or fabric that we could date back to you know a very old time. Yeah, no, so no, no or, or not just really. I mean, because I've heard. I mean, I have now because everybody understands the concept, and I've I've seen people in the. In, Nepal and places like that take the concept and put, you know, stand it on his head in a sense of like, you know, out in the field, taking, making, finding a stream and just running water through the step. I, you know, that, that, but that's all from the new, uh, that's all from, yeah. uh, you know, people seeing what new techniques. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could just see, I mean, uh, you know, imp- you could find imprints of, you know, what happened somewhere in, in their language. So when you go to Nepal, you know, speak to someone, um, you know, who are using uh, dry sieving method or, you know, who's using, uh, you know, water extraction, bubble hash. So what they call it is, uh, they, they call it, what do you call it? The pollen hash. They would, they would call it pollen hash. I mean, it's not pollen, of course. No. But that tells you something. That tells me that whoever taught these people about this thing has to be a person somewhere from Europe has to be people from Europe because that's something that's a term which is widely used in Europe because they had been getting a lot of Moroccan hash mm-hmm. and it was just like one of those terms that went around Poland hash, Poland hash. Yeah. So well, it's, also funny how they spell like, it. it's also funny how they spell yeah. it P-O-L-M though now. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, and, okay, so now I'm getting real confused. Like, <laughs> which one is it? So anyways, what I'm trying to say is that basically, you know, when you speak to those people, not just the techniques, you, uh, just by the words that they have outright borrowed from a certain culture, you can understand where it came from, I mean, just by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think extra, water extraction is largely, you know, a Western thing, you know. Yeah, because I was there was times where people were telling me, "Oh no, they they did some back in Afghanistan." I was like, "I don't really don't think so." No, 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 no. Did I think no, they did no, like no. a hot? I think I remember uh, uh, Afghanistan using hot water on the presses to keep the stuff like going, like when mm, they're just yeah. doing, doing lots and lots of so, so they pour hot pour hot water over there while they had the thing on, or would do something like that to kind of keep it. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Um, so uh, and, and and I was like I was saying before, I think that America. Most people here, unless they've gone to Europe uh, or to to the hash producing regions, they haven't really experienced, you know, good quality imported hash. You know, like Holland was always crazy because I, to me that was like the, you know, here's a yeah. con- here's a country that has all this imported hash. You need to go to certain shops and you just be like, you know, definitely ninety percent of it was real. There was definitely some people who were repressing stuff and making fake te- yeah. fake temple balls or you know whatever they were getting it getting it in one form and it was coming out in five other forms you know um but do you do you find like like i think everybody always thinks about when they think about like temple balls and that kind of hash they're always thinking of the original like uh so-called opiated hash right which is usually mold or something like that growing in there so they, they could kind of keep selling it right that white stuff that's opium right that's day um but do you guys see like is is there still i mean how are those families how are those families surviving on that because i mean there's i think that, that the whole world has closed up now even tighter is it getting like super hard for them to get those things out of the country and things like like i know holland obviously yeah. still goes but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in Nepal, I mean, uh, not not much is now, you know, going out. I mean, of course, in, you know, during seventies, you know, the 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 great period of you know hash and cannabis that they had over there. I mean, they just had like shops there. I'm sure you would have seen a picture or two of like an official bang shop, and you see a couple of hippies just you know going into the shop and basically sifting through whatever hash they want to buy. But it has certainly changed, I mean, because, you know, uh, these uh, Asian countries have been keeping up with the time uh, as the time has been changing. But apart from that, there has been a lot of pressure from the European Union um, on suppressing the cannabis in the Asian countries. Mm, yeah. I mean, again, I, I will not get into the polit- political reasons because they just never seem to end. But, you know, you get the picture. So, 
uh, of course, it's not the same as it used to be. But when we talk about Pakistan, Afghanistan, I mean, th- those pe- th- those places more or less have, uh, you know, they're still the beacon of hope, you could say, for people in, uh, you know, Western countries that they can still get hold of traditionally processed hash. And this, this might be like our last uh, stand, you know, in these places. Mm-hmm. So so who knows how, how things get panned out, you know. So it's there now. Well, yeah, it's it's a combination of of that, and then and also, um, what do you think about the opium production? As far as that taken, like, I mean, obviously that took mm. took a big hit on a lot of the cannabis growers who either didn't so, have a choice or or not. Or how is is that getting better? Or um, uh, so it's different for uh, different regions. I mean, uh, if you if you talk about you know Pakistan, I mean, it, it's a big no no. They don't want people to do it. Or you go to places like Balochistan, you know, there, there's just little to no law over there. I mean, they just seem to have any hold on that place in terms of law and order. So those people are growing poppies right. as, as they would. And, you know, I don't really know, you know, what happens after that, who it goes to and all that stuff. Uh, but yes, they're definitely growing a lot of it. But when you go to Afghanistan and then it's it's a whole, it's a uh, it's just a whole different place. And, you know, the things are being done differently as well. So in northern region, you don't see that much of it. Again, um, you know, because of the prevalence of, uh, you know, I, I mean, it just government is there and, you know, it, it's, it's under the Afghan government. So, you know, they can foresee these things, whether or not somebody is growing uh, opium illegally. And of course, there are, you know, designated farms out there as well, you know, mm-hmm. from where a lot of it is, is, is set out. I'm pretty sure you're already aware of that. Yeah. And you go to like provinces like uh, southern provinces, you know, and there are like Taliban, uh, you know, infected areas, if you would want to call it that. And uh, they, they, they seem to have maybe, you know, the most prolific, um, you know, culti- uh, poppy cultivation out there because uh, that's that's like basically their number one crop and then cannabis is second. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's sad because it's like at the end of the day, they could be getting so much more out of uh, out of the, cannabis if they're growing it uh because i think a lot of you, you do have a lot of people traditionally still growing like kind of multi-use plants there right where they're using uh you know maybe not growing the highest quality cannabis but more to use it for everything as far as like uh building yeah. uh, like living or uh, using the stems and seeds and f- everything right i mean that's kind of still traditionally there's enough of that going on i hope yeah yeah absolutely i mean a lot of that is happening uh but but, but again i mean you know uh, if incentive if a good enough incentive is not there then um after a certain point you know that out of self-preservation and this uh, you know doesn't need to be connected with you know oh that these people are supposed to you know keep these genetics safe but you have to think about personal preservation of a human being you know he will always do things which are important to you know preserve him his family and the people they love so if at certain point you know uh, let's say uh, you know they, they don't think that cannabis is a viable crop for them because it's, it's so many people are growing it it's in a lot of abundance and you know uh, they're just not getting the right price that they never get they, they might shift on to other crops you know that may be able to you know help them uh, you know eat better and like you know stay better so uh, I mean, purely out of these reasons as well. I mean, uh, you'll see changes uh, time to time. But and and that's see that's a great thing in America and even in countries like Europe. Uh, a lot of countries in Europe that 
uh, if there is an innovation, you know, it is um, it is celebrated. It is you know rewarded. It's incentivized. So I'll give you an example. If uh, you if you're selling you know buds, you're getting a certain price. If you're selling uh, concentrates, you're you're getting a higher price. And if you're selling a concentrate which, you know, which has been statically cleaned or it's uh, some butter or something, you know, it looks fancy that it gets even more money. I mean, you get more money for that, right? So there is an incentive for actually innovating and, you know, doing something new compared to a place like Afghanistan, you know, where if you innovate and you create something new, nobody's going to be able to pay, pay you more money. You know, they might just say, wow, this is good. You know, it looks different, but you're not going to be able to get more money for that thing. So it just deters in a way it, it just deters the innovation but at the same time you know it, it, you could uh, also look at it in a different way i mean and that is it helps in preserving the very rudimentary aspects of a culture uh, had they have all these access and had uh, they have been incentivized in a way that they should have been you know properly they would have already you know doing something you know which is happening in America just now, like they're extracting oil and that sort of stuff. And when you go to your, uh, like northern provinces of Afghanistan, you do see, you know, people have now come to a point where they're extracting oil from, from hash. Uh, because, you know, again, northern part of Afghanistan still get like somewhat, uh, you know, tourism and, you know, there's still the economy is a little better. And, you know, they do have money in the system that could be spent. There are some people who might even be, you know, ready to pay a little extra if things are done in a better way, like I like I said before, you know that about the static clean hash, that they would make it, uh, you know, as much as they could, but you just wouldn't sell it. Just they just won't ever get the incentive for it, man. So right, they just uh, yeah. well, I mean, I think I think the markets, it's kind of like the the. It's funny because in the states, people haven't realized, uh, you know, as a grow like from a grower's point of view, everybody here grows eight or nine week strains. Uh, because they're all just want they want turnover, right? They want to be able to flip those crops over, go bang, bang, bang. Yeah, um, that's why a lot of the strains, like when people hear the land race, they go, "Oh, seventeen weeks, sixteen week, even twelve week, whatever." Any of those things are way over there. Like it's almost a crop and a half or two crops from their normal thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but uh, like for instance, in Amsterdam, people were smart enough over the years to realize, like, wait a minute, I could do three crops a year instead of five crops a year that's good that's like less work you know because they were just looking at it from like straight up from the amount of work they had to do per year and then and then the amount of yield they would get and then but the, but of course they had to adjust the price because you couldn't get the same price and, yeah. and over there they figured out oh it's pretty simple you got a eight week strain you'll pay you this price you got a 10 week strain we'll pay you this price you got a 12 week strain we'll pay you this price and if you had like a neville's haze which was like a 14 i think the most people would probably go it's about 14 weeks right but they would pay double of what they would pay for a seven week or you know close to double of what of an eight week. so it made a lot of sense um and then people would would do it but in the states it's very hard to get people to see that it's pretty much like like it's all about the hype, right? Everyone's all hype and they'll pay a lot of money for the hype, but they don't necessarily think about the weeks. And so I think maybe in the near future, especially when people are doing their books for their company and they're looking at their, you know, their crazy grower who decided to do a 12 week strain and they're smart enough to say, Oh, we're going to charge double for that, you know, because, and then people like it, they'll realize like, Hey, it's a smart thing to do. Um, but I think it's going to happen in the near, uh, 
it's going to happen in the near future because people have the ability to to do it. It's just a matter of a, now it's convinced. Now it's the growers convincing the the money guys <laughs> that is like, hey, we need to dedicate a certain room just to those long flowering plants, right? So I think in the, in the near future we're going to have a lot more uh, interest for people who want to know what you know who want these strains. Um, Okay. Well, anyway, James. James is too tired to call. Wait, I wanted to go over a couple of the strains that you are going to be launching with James because originally I told him to drop in and join us, but he's too stoned. He said. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you did like um, was it six regions and more strains, or was there six strains? What was it? What was the the drop um, that you had going? I on think there? it was like four. I had, uh, four different provinces and um, uh, six different uh, districts. And then like ten different palms. Okay. So and, any, and another good is, thing about the project was you know that is this, uh, is this, know, we is this the Durant line? Is this the Durant line? 20, yeah, Durant. Okay, so that's the same yes. one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the, the Durant line project, and this is a great thing was we were able to go back to the exact same palms and you know document the plants, and um, uh, it was really unfortunate you know the the, the weather, uh, the climate, the weather took like a turn for the worse for these farmers. I mean this year and. Uh, a lot of crops uh, got destroyed because of that, but uh, but still, you know, we we were still able to you know cover a lot of plants, uh, a lot of populations, which were still able to you know mitigate through, uh, you know that that sort of uh, marginal conditions. So yeah, I mean, I mean, all, I mean, all in all, it was um, yeah, it was it was quite extensive project, and you know, we we tried to get basically you know the most diverse sample of you know genetics from the southern provinces of Afghanistan is just you just don't have people going on to that region nowadays and and obviously because of the reasons you know uh, uh, which everybody understands um but, but it was important it was needed to be done and you know uh, i'm looking forward to you know releasing it through you know some of the seed banks as well like uh, with james you know that uh, we would like to you know release that and then we have like another project coming up you know uh, which is basically is going to be like one of the um, you know most awaited project as far as i'm concerned you know because i've been working on this project for 5 years and this would be coming from the northwest himalayas of india so it'll be all three himalayan state of india and uh, some part of nepal as well that we have covered and uh, we're basically going to put down all the findings that we have from over the last 5 years into sort of a book and you know uh, and all the media that corresponds to it and uh you know we just going to add a variety of packs so that you know people can just you know get hold of the book and then can also get you know variety of packs and then nice. uh not just grow them you know really uh you know get all of that 5 years worth of experience that we have not trying to say you know there's something great or you know uh other people can't have but it's just that I'm lucky to be geographically you know born yeah. here and you know have the ability to go out and document these things and I would very much like to share it with other people you know yeah and uh, well, I'm really, sure amazing things would come out of it I mean it's pretty cool if you think about where you are and then you start to like look at it from like google earth mentality or something like that it's just like there you know it's the you know every like one thing I was noticing is you 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 have everything uh because you you're from the obvious school that we are of like and from the Rob Clark school of there is no sativa <laughs> indica left in the world. It's just mostly hybrids, and there's a few extremes <laughs> out there. But but we're also talking about the thin, uh, sort of narrow leaf uh, drug variety, narrow leaf non drug variety, or 
widely, but you have a separate category, which is Highland to explain altitude because that's, yeah. that's a huge difference too. Can you explain that just so people who look through your catalog kind of understand that one? And just that what, yeah, what absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. <clears throat> it, it, it's something, you know, that I've, I've been working on for some time. And uh, first of all, I came up with like one uh, concept, you know, it was, it was an idea that, you know, we could uh, categorize all the land race varieties in a way that you would uh, just by you know looking at the category you would understand if it comes from a certain region that it would have certain very uh, certain characteristics uh, you know which are just typical to those populations for example uh, for example if you uh, we were speaking of like equatorial varieties so anytime somebody is selling you let's say a kerala gold seed you know, or a seed that comes from an equatorial region, and he tells you that, oh, it's gonna, you know, like flower in eight weeks. Yeah, so right. you yeah. already understand, you know, by the virtue of the classification that that's not possible. Either the person doesn't understand, or he doesn't know, or he's just, you know, counting on that you don't know. Right. So you know, I, I just thought, you know, there has to be a compass, you know, uh, which is not controlled by someone. You know, something which is based on the universal. Uh, universally accepted facts and not based on you know someone's opinion so if, if you if you, if you go on uh, you know if you go on to like higher latitude region you see that the plant tend to flower shorter and it's something which is universal uh, to those places if a, a population is naturally adapted to a place where the climate is short outside the uh, we already went over this like you know the plant the only plant that would go on to survive are the ones which are adapted to flower within that period of time so that is you could really categorize if you know uh you know Afghanistan has a certain climate and it has a certain altitude and you know latitude then uh, the, some features would be typical to the to those places and on basis of that you could really categorize you know all of these land race varieties so what i really found uh, you know one, one thing that i found i could use to create a distinction amongst these varieties was the flowering duration the longer flowering varieties and the shorter flowering varieties and because you know that characteristics corresponds so heavily to you know uh, the their latitude positioning and you know the altitude that they're growing in yeah. it, it just becomes so uh, you know easy for, for you to not just you know connect them and also to you know pass that information on to other people and then they can just like look at it and use it as a compass yeah. to be, buy seeds from anyone to get hold of seeds from any place you know uh, in the world and they would know you know what they should be getting if they're getting genetics from this region and they would know what they should be seeing should they be getting you know uh, genetics from a, a different region so it, it's sort of like a compost and you know I've, I've already documented everything on my website so um, you know, people want to read a little more extensively. They can, of course, go there and they can like read about it. I also hand out like little cards, you know, that could be that you could carry along with you and you could like use it. Um, so uh, it, it's very easy. I mean, again, it's it's not something you know that's difficult to look at. It's very simple. It's very simple based on common sense and based on you know uh, just natural facts. You know, which is based around you know how Earth is positioned and how you know places uh, on on Earth undergo a certain rotation of climate and their lengths and uh, you know it, it just uh, you know forces it, it just has this what do you call that selective pressure on you know uh, the organisms which are present in that or, or which which are adapted to that region. 
So we just used that, basically exploited those things and, you know, created a system that is not only intuitive, uh, but also holds up across the globe. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the hard thing you never really know because uh, everywhere has its own unique uh, micro life and there's mm-hmm. plants have to adjust those things. And I always think it must be interesting from like a plant perspective. Like when I was in Holland producing seeds, I felt like, uh, and then if somebody took them to California, for instance, those those seeds were so lucky because they could have been and grown in Holland, which is miserable, you know, and gray and rainy and shit. Or they could grow in beautiful California, you know what I mean? And so in certain regions like that, but then you got plants like, for instance, growing in beautiful places in India, and then you take them to like, you know, fucking Missouri or something, you know, and it's just like, whoa, what's going on here? And it takes total turn, you know, it, must, it takes a while for those things to adapt. And I think indoors, I don't think indoors is really great for most uh, land-raised strains anyway because there's never been a, I mean, occasionally you'll find some, maybe high altitude uh, short squat plant that just sort of thrives in that condition. But for the most part, it's like uh, a shock to the system uh, for, for anything coming out, but it is good in a way from a, from a breeder's point of view when you live in a shitty place. Cause you're, you're just giving those, you're giving those seeds a better life. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're giving them a, a much, a much nicer life. Uh, but, but for, for people who want to, um, get in touch with you besides is, did you did you get did you build a page yet on on james's site for his uh breeder breeder pages yet or, or no you... i just got an email from actually uh, I, I got an email from him like only two days ago so okay. nice. uh, i went through it and i found it really exciting that you know I, I thought i mean this is something that everyone should have i mean because i think you know people who are buying those seeds putting the resources behind them they have a right to know a little more about breeders and you know uh, yeah. well, their work ethics and you know whatever. I think it'll be tell. I think it'll be exciting for you because I think a lot of breeders are going to also be excited to just look through what you've got going on and and see some real potential collaborations there between the genetic you know just between the genetics themselves. But uh, it, again, like I think also what would be interesting what, what I was thinking about was. Um, you know, you were saying before that it's like tough for a lot of these people who are producing, uh, because I know from a farmer's point of view, the farmer always gets kicked in the nuts, right? I mean, that's pretty much the story internationally, no matter what it comes, whether you're a big time farmer making, you know, growing massive amounts and looking like you're making lots of money, but you're still paying everybody. And by the end, you might not even be able to pay yourself, but, or the little farmer who's really getting fucking nailed, but is would be really cool to because you got a guy like you with boots on the ground. I mean, I would be super interested in if there was ever like a something you ran across which was amazing, and you thought hmm, this could be something like, and you want to convince them to do seeds like you were talking about, and that's a hard thing to do because they're looking at it from a well, I can produce a hundred grams of resin. Why would I produce you know the seeds? Well, you know as well as I do that if somebody produces one or two decent plants uh, from just for, just for seed is more than enough number wise to justify that, that, <laughs> that of doing that. Right. Um, but I think it would be really cool to do like almost like help, help that village direct uh, by doing a collab with you via them. You know what I mean? Like something where you, for instance, you found something super cool genetics, send them to me. 
I do something interesting and then I donate, you know, take the half the proceeds and send them to you for that village. I think that'd be really, cause that's what Bodhi does on a personal level, but it'd be nice from the fact that we, we can't, none of us can travel now. Right. So, so we're all kind of stuck, not able to go and do it, even, even travel locally or we could travel locally, but we can't travel like, you know, definitely not going to be going to any regions that you'll be having access to, but it'd be really cool to, um, take something from there. Just like, for instance, the ethos when I gave them his those Moroccan seeds. I mean, that guy. I, I've been sitting on those seeds for over ten years, maybe ten, twelve years. So I don't know where I got them. I mean, I know who I got them from, but I don't know the village I got them from. But it would be really dope to to create a kind of like adoption, not adoption, but you know what I mean, like a help that village out direct with a certain strain and make that put them on the map. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you're ever down to do that, I'm down to do that to help you out or help them out or help whoever out. Cause I think that's a cool thing to, to think about. Cause it's just about connecting those dots. Right. And it could be a little village over there and it could be some basement over here. <laughs> and that combination is kind of wacky when you think about it, but it all can happen. I mean, that's how all these strains that are out there. Hello. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? We still hear you. Oh yeah, we hear you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you know, we uh, lost electricity here, so I had to. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear. Um, you. yeah, I had to, I had to make How some. How long were you gone for? Like the past oh. twenty minutes oh, while I was, I was talking. I was jibber jabbering the whole time. Yeah, great, <laughs> uh, great soliloquy. You like, like how I, you yeah. like how I kept it rolling? <laughs> oh, see that? Yeah. Good thing I didn't let you talk, so I just kept going. Perfect. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's a collab possibility here where we could see like a. Uh, a deli sage or a sage deli or something like that in the he near future where for the, go straight for the puns doesn't he well no i mean I, I, you know come on i could do far worse i'm trying to keep it i mean but i can see a I can see a collab i mean you mentioned that there are regions in india that are very similar to the growing conditions here in colorado that it would seem that those would be the things that we, you would attempt to cross with you know um I don't know curry bubblegum. Did you catch any? Right? Did you catch? Did you catch anything about what I was saying about doing a collab though, or no? You missed all that. No, oh, I. I mean, it got disconnected. I just got in. Okay, so so, I, uh, so my in. so my big long <laughs> soliloquy, my big long soliloquy, which I won't go over the entire thing, was that I think it'd be really cool if the, we could connect um, between, like, for instance, if you found some interesting genetics in a village that you thought would be a really cool, like one to help out in the sense of like, okay, hey, we got a really easy to work with group here. They got some really interesting genetics. Send, bring those to somebody like myself or some other breeder and then help, help you know, do something with James, bring it all full circle and then uh, get money back to those villages to help them out and really see some sort of results done quick, which would be cool. I mean, I was just thinking, of, I was thinking it'd be a, since you got boots on the ground, you're there. None of us can travel. We're all, kind of locked in our spot none of us are going to be over be able to go into those places and you probably shouldn't at this point in time we should probably let everybody just take care you know do their thing and not sort of think we're gonna ramble yeah. around but it, it, if that's ever a possibility i'd love to uh make that happen for somebody you know yeah i, I mean we, we have already i mean done something similar with like a couple of readers and 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 i think this is one of the most wonderful things and just about the thing that we we would expect uh, should be happening because you know at the end of the day you know like we're not breeders 
right? So we're, we're, we have access to genetics. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we're just geographically blessed to be in a place, you know, where we could go and, you know, look at these plants, get all these understanding. And, you know, breeding is something, you know, that it takes time. It takes a living out of you, right? It, I mean, you have to be doing it for so many years. It, it's only then that you could really understand those, you know, find differences, uh, you know, amongst what's really good and, you know, what's not so good, right? That makes someone good or bad. So I think it has to be that way because, you know, all of that expertise on the other side of the pond, which is like people like yourself and, you know, other great breeders. And then, you know, uh, the people like us, you know, who have access to these genetics and are connected to, you know, other indigenous uh, communities out here. So there has to be a collab collaboration that way. And I think that is basically the most efficient way where everybody just does, you know, what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think the, the, the best outcomes, you know, always come out uh, in a way that, you know, you have a team where everybody has a very clear cut understanding of their role and they just do that so perfectly. And, you know, everybody just, you know, does their work and, you know, the work always comes out beautiful. So, um, you know, I would actually love to, you know, uh, connect after this yeah. and, you know, you know, discuss some of the plants that, you know, we could pro- possibly consider. And um, yeah. you could see, I mean, and you, you, you know, uh, you know, the other part. So I'm sure you'll figure it out and we could get it out through James, of course. I mean, you know, and the money could go back to, you know, uh, one of these places. You know, we already did a project like that for one of the Pakistani varieties and uh, whatever the money was generated, because uh, I mean, those seeds came from someone, you know, who no longer does that. They were like raided and, you know, their whole, uh, you know, farm was like closed down and shut down right. years ago. So we couldn't go back and, you know, find those people to give them some money. But what we did is that we took like close to 80% off, you know, whatever came out of those seed sales. And, you know, we're creating, we're, as we speak, we're constructing a library in the Himalayas at around like 2,400 meters. And that's in my uh, hometown. It, 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 it. It's that, about that's like... Exactly uh, it. That's exactly what, it's, that's exactly what, I'm, meant, what I'm saying. And, that'd be, and, that's, yeah, so. and, that's, and that's like could be done on, on a, you know, multiple levels, which would be awesome because it's like, that's what it's all about right now these days, is, especially with cannabis. If you can like get genetics from there that make something, uh, that improve, you know, help us sort of in, improve our gene pool, which we need because like we were saying at the beginning of the show, it's... We we may have some yeah, great genetics, I, I, but we don't have. There's plenty more out there, and I think people are going to appreciate more flavors and terps and 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 all different types of cannabinoids that we don't even know about because you know there's CBT now, which has hit the, hit the shelves, and everybody's all talking about that. And it's like you know, just it, we're going to keep on going. It's not going to stop, and there's so much more out there. So it's kind of cool to know, you know. There's a couple guys, couple guys like you out there. Not many. There's not many, but they're out there. A few. Yeah, and and one of the good things about you know doing such collaboration is that um, I mean you guys are sitting in a place where you can do it legally, and you know you just have that peace of mind. You know, it's just like you know doing some official paperwork for you that mm-hmm. you know you you have you gonna have no problem doing, you know, there are no repercussions, you know, around law and you're not breaking the law, doing nothing wrong, absolutely. So I think that's exactly what needs to happen. What needs to happen is people who can do it with complete peace of mind, have the right kind of space and, you know, have the resources to really, you know, um, do the kind of work that is required when you're using, you know, 
land race varieties right. and those are the people who should be doing this and you know people who are collecting them they should just you know really focus on you know getting as many varieties they can and you know or, or whatever resources that they are able to generate out of that just take it back and you know uh, you know give it back to those communities so that uh, you can make sure that you know there's a perfect balance and you know there, there's a uh, there's a fairness across the board uh, when it comes to trade on every level and not just, you know, between two parties who understand, you know, how business works because there are other people involved in it who don't necessarily understand, you know, how business works. So I, I've seen a, quite a lot of people who would just go to these people and just give them like $500,000 and take like millions of their seeds and they would never actually tell them, you know, what their seeds worth because, you know, that doesn't really help them. And I just find that, you know, highly, you know, offensive, you know, if, so, you know, people do that. I I feel the right way or, to do it. Or is they just don't know, or they educate. don't even know. They just are just like, we're not telling. No, you. You, you, proprietary. Oh no, you have to know. I mean, I mean, if you're like selling it for you, you know some dollars, you you have to go back and tell people that you know that this costs this much, and then you have to make them understand why it is so important. So. See, see, there's an intrinsic value in paying back. It's not just the money that you're, you know, putting money in their hand. What you're doing is that you're connecting these psychological dots with these people that, hey, it's not just about the resin. It's also about the seed. That's also important. That is not just important, just as important as resin is. So that way they can really fully understand, you know, the value of their genetics. As of now, they just think, okay, the resin part of it is what's important and the rest, you know, you could... Yeah. Throw away. Maybe some places they make ropes, so they maybe use uh, you know some fiber as well. But are they are they able to utilize you know those seeds to uh, in a way that people in America or people in Europe are able uh, are able to do? Like you know, I, I just saw someone you know release a pack of like fifteen seeds for eight hundred dollars, um, and not uh, not so many days ago, which was, um, um, I mean, I don't want to comment on that. I'm sure they must have done something you know to deserve that. But what I'm trying to <laughs> say know, here is that, that. does he wear that. a funny hat and a face mask or anything like that? No, yeah, he, I mean whatever works at a certain <laughs> place, you know. I mean, no, it wasn't even. He's already so, expensive. That's that's, that's, uh, so, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, basically, what I'm trying to say is that yeah. you know, uh, the potential of those seeds is so much. I mean, if the right amount of work is done, and you know, if you if you're poised you know, perfectly in a marketplace when you could do something like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, don't sell 10, 15 seats for $800 no matter what happens. Of course, that's just absolutely nuts, right? And we can all agree on that. But like uh, green. $5 a seed, $7 a seed, $10 a seed, you know, depending on, you know, how much work and how hard uh, was it to get the seed and, you know, how much of that is going to go to who. So that sort of economics, uh, you know, it could be figured out, but when, uh, but if we don't tell that to, you know, the, those people, those farmers about it, and, and I just go and give them, you know, like a, a pair of shoe or like, you know, a solar panel and, you know, take like, uh, you know, millions of their seats, that's just not right. And that's not yeah. right, you know, on two levels. One is that they're not getting compensated that they should. Ethically, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that I'm depriving those people of a legitimate chance where they can organically understand that hey you know what our seeds has a certain value and they absolutely need to understand that that if tomorrow you know something happened to their crop they would the first thing that they would do is they would see save the seeds because they would know how important they are mm -hmm. um oh yeah and I mean, another thing is, thing, is, thing is i think i think in the at the end of the day like in a on a on a scale like what you're talking about where they would you know normally 
get uh like i would i would look i would want it so that the seeds would be worth you know 10 times the amount on the weight but they don't they know they're never going to sell more than you know, two kilos or something like that because you don't ever want to like get people too pumped up and think they're going to sell tons because at the same at the end of the day it's also like you know as you've probably noticed land race growers are fewer than your average like you know seed yeah. guy and so there's going to be harder to sell and you don't like want to ever promise too much but if you came to somebody and gave them 5000 bucks for a kilo of seeds they would wow. think you were the man <laughs> you know what i mean you would be like oh my yeah, and, god and, and, and i wouldn't I, and i wouldn't do that either yeah. i mean because yeah. and that's exactly the kind of thing i'm talking about that yeah you know i could even just pay someone 100 dollars and right. they will is ecstatic because they don't yeah. get paid for seeds we have to understand that but sure. uh, you're just depriving them of two different opportunities one is that you know you're not uh, doing the ethically the right things right mm-hmm. and and the second thing which i find more even more important is that you know you have a legitimate opportunity to make them aware of how these seeds you know are just way way more important than any other part of the plant yeah. So you, you just can't you you just cannot deprive them of that opportunity. And what it's going to do is that if tomorrow some people go there with their hybridized seeds and they say, hey, you know what, use these and um, you know grow these, and you're going to have like more production or whatever, they would a- actually have a very tangible and sound and logical you know argument to let those people know that why they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. and why their seeds actually hold way more value and you know i i never shy away in telling those people I mean, that hey look that your would, seeds are way more valuable right. than any other seeds in the store i mean that would be so amazing. that they know exactly that would be amazing mm-hmm. if you actually had that but i think as you probably know too is human nature yeah. is whatever yeah. <laughs> shiny thing is close by right so people, yeah, go, like, absolutely. people go like "Ooh, wait a minute i can get more for that oh, like a butterfly they just like forget about it quickly you know so it is hard to get people to see that um but it would be good just like you know like uh, what i would and i would never want to hold anybody back i would never tell anybody you have, exactly you, you have to keep it like this or else yeah. because that makes it also like you're just you're you're also limiting because the reality is as a farmer farmers intentions are to do better every year right that's the whole point of being a farmer uh, and right if, that's the epiphany and, here man that, if, you know, at one point uh-huh. yeah i'm sorry oh, no, what i'm trying to say <laughs> is that it's one point you know that uh, you you don't want the destruction of the land races land race varieties that they have is so precious and on the other hand i don't want to suppress those people by telling them hey you just stick to these varieties and never think of you know uh, more productive varieties that exist in the world so that that that's not correct and it's it's an epiphany you know you you get stuck in that mm-hmm. so i think the best way is that you just educate them and let them decide for themselves what they want but if they don't even know if they don't even know you know what value their seeds hold then they don't really have a fair chance to decide whatever they're going to decide will be uh, coming from a place you know where they didn't really have the fair amount of information about both of the genetics right mm-hmm. and like you said you you know you're spot on you know the grease the green grass is greener on the other side no matter who it is it's an american it's an indian you know we look at hybrid varieties and we think oh yeah you know these are the best i would pay 1500 an ounce for that yeah and you know some someone in america might just pay you know a lot of money for you know hash which is like traditionally uh, produce i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case <laughs> It is crazy to I'm me because you don't see any hash in, in anywhere in America at all, ever. Like, nobody's taken that. I mean, occasionally, maybe in the city. Like in New York, I've stuff. I've seen a few little bits and pieces. But for the very, I mean, mm-hmm. so f- it, uh, it's like strange how 
uh, America really held on to the whole can- uh, flower culture. Like we're like we're really very far and few between because everywhere else in the world is sort of taking it to the reality of like you couldn't sit around and trim weed, <laughs> you know what I mean, and put it. It wouldn't store very well. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but uh, I think over the next few years, there'll be some pretty interesting opportunities. That would be awesome to see you come over to the states to see fields of of cannabis grown legally and and processed, you know, on scale. Because, uh, you know, it's like people over here are, are are creating the whole market as it goes along, right? So they're like building the they're building it as it goes, and so they don't really ever get a chance to to compare it to much. But I think you'd have a lot of you'd have the rare insight to be able to compare it to you know traditional grown or wild grown or which is even more cool <laughs> to, to yeah because soon i hope in america at some point like you know 20 years from now because so much has grown and got a little bit escaped here and kind of got over you know decided to just kind of hang out over here which is sort of you know we do have those things we have stuff that's from the 40s and 30s and and earlier that's still here that has managed to kind of stay wild and no help from anybody just kind of for the last 75, 80 years just kind of kept going. But, um, you know, none of that was selected for THC. Obviously it was all old rope, rope material, but in general, uh, maybe in 20 years from now, there'll be wild THC. <laughs> That's actually happening here. You know, who knows? Uh, but, uh, so, we, we're gonna we have to wrap it up in a minute I, but it was definitely mm-hmm. like super cool to talk I know we also woke you up from, from slumber so uh, I hope uh, I hope you remember when you wake up like you actually did an interview be like did I, was that a dream did that really happen oh no I, 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 I was actually sitting in a different interview before this um, oh you were okay, uh, I thought, there okay. Was, yeah, double up. someone uh, from a different <laughs> country and uh, it was about something else but you know we, we just had an interview but yeah, about that thing, the 420 thing, it, uh, yeah, that, that really got me because uh, I kind of assumed because it, there was no AM and PM written, you know, it's oh, like wow. hours. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, it would have been a weird show if I started at 420 in the morning, but you never know. We're, yeah. Actually, we're going to be doing it. Okay, so in uh, for 420 this year, which we definitely, what we normally do anyway is get a lot of guests to come back on. So uh, for 420, we should definitely get you on. Uh, we're going to be sh- yeah. doing a 24-hour show, so we have plenty of uh, opportunities no uh, matter what time of day. Uh, so we could do a 420 in the morning show. For, How would you real. host that like across 24 hours? Because oh. uh, are you going to chase the host? Oh, no, of course not. It's going to be just me, me and Dave. Dave, okay. Dave, and, and how would you? Dave won't last. You really you think like, you're going to stick it out 24 hours without a break? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like no curious problem. too. I have no problems. No problems. With that. I mean, I'll, I'll get up. I'll have somebody on for a little while, and I'll be able to get up and stretch and do some things. But no, I could do that. Come on, this is no problem. Right. 24. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, when I was a little kid, I used to do that for fun. I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay up for as long as I can, which is about. I think when I was a little kid, I could do about two days straight, and then I was flopped, you know, but. So whatever, me, I'm well, well trained. <laughs> I can barely do it. All right, but yeah, we definitely should have you huh. on uh, again then. Yep. And I think you're going to see a lot of interest because I, I can looking at the chat gang and seeing everybody already looking at your site, and everybody's being very impressed because I mean that's again, again, what it really comes down to, in my opinion, is is it's all about diversity, right? And so cannabis, luckily, is a super diverse plant still. 
it may not be in a few years because I, I, you know it's funny. I think one of the things that you noticed is it's been a vic- like the really good strains, that ones that people are looking for, yeah. which I'm sure you've heard about the whole roadkill skunk mm. search, right? I mean, it's mm, like yeah. everybody's oh, yeah. freaking out about it. It's just because all that shit smelled so strong it got people busted is my opinion that's that's pretty much what it comes down to so all those people lost that thing and all this stuff that wasn't so stinky kind of made it through so if you have any mission out there if you could find that then you're the man like then, then everybody's going to be like oh yes yeah, so yeah i mean you could find plants uh, like that as a matter of fact we did find we did make from. one selection you know like in southern afghanistan which is like basically spot on like dead on like that we you know like rotting protein sort of like yes. smell you know that you would get sort Perfect. of like sulfur dioxide sort of smell Perfect. but i mean <laughs> would we be able to get, the, get that in seed form i mean you know how closely would people be able to you know mm-hmm. find that in seed form and then be able to you know keep it and you know breed it into uh, consistently the seed form now that that's that's going to be a whole different chapter but yeah we got the first part of the puzzle sorted so now you know we're just relying on the expertise of people like yourself to you know propagate it and get it on to the hands of everyone there you go so you got a mission though you got a mish we're, <laughs> we're all keeping an eye out for it um but definitely i think you're going to see a lot of um traction from this yeah. uh from this uh, drop you just did so i'm looking forward to it and then we'll chat um later about some ideas a little some collabs between some people there and yourself and me and whoever and uh, i think it mm-hmm. sounds like a sounds like a winner oh yeah absolutely you know everybody wins and <clears throat> it's just the best kind of thing that can happen and it just sort of speeds up the whole thing as well which is yeah. Well, it's also really so cool. It's also cool to like make those connections in a good way instead of like, you know, bringing genetics to like like I was saying like scent. I mean, you definitely should have access to some of these hybrids, whatever you want. But at the same time, the real magic is going to be in all that stuff locked up around you. That in all these places, and that's that's what's so fun to to even imagine yeah. getting involved in. So, looking forward to it. Um, and your Instagram is. Uh, Irizinig and people we've got it up on the screen so anybody I'm sure people have been checking that out too super fun I mean definitely subscribe to it people because it's super cool got great pictures and just cool storylines and you can just see the the diversity there which is what I'm all excited about so cool thank you for checking in with us and we'll uh, have you on at 420 thank you very much thank you thank you everyone all right, man. Thank you. Peace out. Thanks. Peace. I love some of the comments. They all thought I was dead oh. as I was sitting there or, or it was some oh. deep fake thing. There was no bagel talk. You're like, where's the bagel? No, I was very, he was great. That guy was fantastic. He's so smart and just, it sounds like his library is just, well, goes just, back millennia. At, just look at the pages and you're like, oh shit. You know, and oh, the funny thing is, is of course, okay, well, he didn't quite catch what I was saying in the beginning, and I didn't really feel like making him drag the story out because it's already been told. You just got to go to the podcast. But he basically, you know how he always asks, how, what's the first time you smoked? So he said, uh, you know, couldn't really put that down as far as first time he smoked because it was kind of like, yeah, 13, 14, not really sure. Could have been this guy, could have been that guy. But what he did remember was being seven years old and walking with a bunch of older guys who were like in their 20s <laughs> like early early to mid 20s and they would like have to walk up this hill and then to get water and then or down or something walk down the hill and back up the hill and they'd always uh on the way back because he didn't they had to carry all the water his job was to rub all the plants so he had to rub plants 
And he's seven he years old. Him. And so he, he was milking the plants and they milked him. And so at the end, they basically made him like rub off the hash. And then the kids would go back and smoke it, you know, make it roll a joint out of it or whatever. So it was like they were rubbing hash off a little seven year old's little gentle, little soft little hands. And then they were, and then he said something like, you definitely got to listen to because I think he said that that's like the kind of like, yeah, the myth is it's, you know, it's better because it's off the little kids' hands. I was like, that is the story right there. I need to have that. He didn't quite catch that. So definitely go listen to that one because it was cool. Um, but he said, like, obviously he wasn't smoking then, but then later when he was older he did. But it was just kind of like, that's how that's how rampant it is. Like, you just rub plants just on your way down to grab some water, and then you have enough just to make a joint. So it's all perfect. It's what life should be. Nice. Right on. I don't, about, I don't know about the water part. You probably don't want to walk down to get water. But you definitely wouldn't mind just getting hashed out your back, back, right? back porch, which is like our other friend, Mark Rose, who lives out there in Nepal. And he's got, he, he literally like opens up the back door and there's wild plants growing there. He's like, I'm like, that, damn, that is the shit right there. Uh, just go out and milk a couple plants. All right. Oh, my look, friends. Mark's oh, got it up. Oh, Mark, look at you. Look at me. I know, remembering and everything. Remembering everything. Like, we were just like, that again, that's the end of the show, guys. Later. But ding, 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 ding. No way, man. The show goes on and on and on and on. We're just practicing for the 24 hour show, right, guys. Yeah. So you want to hang in there because we've got multiple new guests coming right after the shout out. So you got to stay right until the end of the shout outs. Tons of guests. Yeah, go on and on. see, Rosin Dogs is like, hurry up to get to the sponsors. He <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to keep chatting because he ha- he wants to try to win this time, but he's going to be third again oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's definitely yeah. third this time. He's, he's third. definitely third. Turd. He will be third. He's the turd, turdliest. Yeah. Focus V. Look at Focus that. That's a nice So site. you got to go to focusv.com, nice right? Nice Focusvproducts.com or on uh, Instagram. Laser edition. And if you enter done deal, you will get 10% off even your laser edition. I need to get batteries too, so, extra. Like, just bam, bam, bam. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Yeah, just dude. ready to go. But you can get the done deal on batteries, I'm pretty sure. So check them out. Listen, they're, they're one of our newest sponsors. They sent us some really cool rigs. Um, they make a great product. Go ahead and and, uh, and buy one. <laughs> but if you ahead. do get one, Go tell ahead. us what you think of it because I'm, I I've I've always enjoyed it we're gonna, since the beginning. New, we're gonna get some new uh, bits for him from uh, from our buddies. At are we getting the ones from? Chris? Isn't Chris making us some? Yes, he's a, he's kind of backed up right now. I guess business is really good, so he will he will get a hold of that and uh, and take care of that for us, of course. And uh, so then our next in rotation would be New Millennium Nutrients, oh, which man. is, you know, from what Adam tells me, the, the, the nutrients that he uses on his garden. I don't grow things. I kill things. But if I grew things, I would use New Millennium Nutrients. And yes, Right? I yeah. mean, well, you they're, would the, still they're kill the things. shit. You'd still kill things because you wouldn't read the instructions. and you would I'd put too much put on? Put too much, not enough. Yeah. Mixed it up wrong, did it backwards. Put the water, put it in backwards. Probably. Whatever you could fuck up. Probably. It's it's okay, okay, go though. back. It's okay. 30. But, but, 30 but I years think ago, you I might not. I plants. think this particular thing you may actually be able to do, though, because it is that easy. Um, but in general, mm-hmm. no, they have everything kind of covered. And, and it's, it's, it's adjustable, too, because you have so many elements. And you can also, like things like the Ruby Fulvic, you can just take that one and use it standalone. Um, you can use the Winter Frost standalone. You can use Decision standalone. You can use most of the products like that. Um, and they kind of self-explanatory. Lightning Start is your, is your starts and clones. 
uh, autumn is later on in the season. So you're like, whoa, I'm actually paying attention to this shit. Look at the... It's the freaking weather. <laughs> the weather, man. It's the weather, man. Uh, but yeah, definitely. So go, go to newmillenniumnutrients.com. Check out, on checkout, say you need some... Uh, done some deal. Done deal action. And uh, you can also just get like little pet, pet packs from them too if you contact them and just kind of check that shit out. Um, you can also go to... Medically Correct is our, our, our like choice for edible products here in Colorado, right? Medically Correct does True Pura, Keek, Nove Chocolates, Clear Creek Extracts, and of course, Incredibles Quick. Edibles. Quick. Which one? Keek, right? Keek. Quick, Keek. quick. Keek. I don't know. Keek. I don't know. Keek. Keek. Okay. Listen, they're great products. They've been they're they're OG Colorado company. Our talk. Oh man. And 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 their gummies are fantastic. Just kidding. What happened? Canadians are going crazy now. Yeah, dude. Oh shit. Great White North, bro. Uh oh. Okay. Come on. All right. Incredible. So Trupura. Trupura.com and enter Dundeela at checkout. You'll get twenty percent off your order. They ship anywhere in the lower 48. I don't know if they go to to uh, to Canada, but again, I'm a big fan of their their tincture. So is my dog. It's helped with her little paw problem. So uh, give them a try. Enter done deal at checkout, and uh, you know the only place you can get an actual discount on Incredibles edibles oh, in the state that we know of yeah. is at Green Farms Med in Colorado Springs. And uh, his his cannabis keeps getting better and better, and I have I it on good authority that if I just smoked a joint of it, it was a, I don't know what it was. It was a mixture of all those things. It tasted there good. Was, <laughs> was I call seed, it Frank and Green there. Farms uh, Med, but that was the one just, oh, that's, that's funny. You know, there was one seed, one seed. Uh, well, I have I have Sorry. I've been saving them for Ed's you, project. But it was a good seed because it burned forever. You notice that. Yeah, right. <laughs> did, did the old shooting out the side. I was like, all right, I'll just put that down right there. <laughs> it looked like a steam. I was like, whoa. Don't mess it up. Just let it burn. But out. listen, if you like rosin, they have this stuff called country fruit. Oh my God. I, can, I can't see it on there. Fire. They, they only have like 15 grams left. It it's, is. It's amazing. It's, it's what I call narcotic dabbing. Mm -hmm. It is a full body experience. And. You can it, just tell by the quality of the resin when you're messing around with it. You're just like, damn, this shit's like serious. There's no mess. It, like, it's not no crumble. Like, yeah, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> Great stuff. You have to ask for the done deal there. They will take very good care of you. JW's a great guy. His heart's in his business. And from what I'm hearing about his garden right now, and I wish I could go down there soon, um, oh, yes. four years, same soil. So it really tells something about how he's been controlling his environment and keeping his soil alive. And uh, the beauty of it is he uses Build-A-Soil products. And again, another place I'm really looking forward to being able to go in the next couple of months. Um, that, that company, if you just you follow their Instagram feed, it's just amazing. And all the people, everyone's always smiling. And they'll answer any question you have, especially if you want to know why. Overlord, they have Jeremy the Overlord. They have the Overlord watching them from over <laughs> cameras above. And he's like, smile! Yelling at them. You didn't know that. Behind the scenes, Jeremy's yelling right. at everybody 24-7. He's not yelling. Whipping, cracking whips, telling everybody to hurry up, snail, snail. 
<laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, right. No. Come well, on. Well, it's one of those man. old small world stories it's because a, uh, it's a small world. <laughs> well, one of his one of his employees, shout out to Reader. He actually oh, grew up playing with Jonah, my son, and uh, so you know, you both in the industry. After a long time, I guess the apples don't fall far from the tree. But uh, nice. free shipping in Colorado and New Mexico. Any order over five hundred bucks. Yes, sir. But they will deliver anywhere in the country, and I've heard stories that and they really videos. just do if load up. You want up. to watch uh, cool videos and watch the progression yeah. of their crops? They always have them up. They always put a new. Uh, they'll put it up. The good, the bad, the ugly doesn't matter. You know, they'll tell you what's yeah. going on. They've had a few where I've been like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" And it's like, well, there goes Jeremy, the learner, the learner. He's going to learn. And every exotic mushroom you can think of, they have. They have having these. Uh, what is the? Do you know what the medium is? The block they grow them in, but it just seems you just pick your mushroom. He's got a block for it, and you cultivate them at home. Bagels, um, shredded bagels, <laughs> bagels. Great right, company. You shred the bagels, so, and then that's the best medium for sure. Eight five five eight seven seven soil. You gotta mention the done deal, and they'll give you a discount. Oh, I think yeah. it's ten percent, or maybe a little more, depending on how much you're buying. But again, great company. It's where you should be spending your money on all of your gardening needs. And uh, hey, Chris Hubbard, if you're listening, we're, I'm so looking forward to the tops for these cartas right now because I think it's just a great portable e-rig. And your glass has been just on uh, point. Make sure the hole's big enough, yo. Yeah, on point. Oh. Listen to him. Make sure Mark giving some critiques enough. on how Come on, you... Dogs, work on that one. Yeah, you can work Mark's with that one. Little, That's good material Mark's right there. Enough hole over here. Jeez, Jesus. Well, what Christ. do you mean? Mark needs a bigger hole. Okay, yeah. he's a yeah. he's, yeah. he's a big guy. Sorry. So eight bucks a month. You go to Patreon.com/slash Harvard Glass, and you can you can see his videos. Eight bucks a video that is, or you can spend eighty bucks a month, which is just not a lot right now Stock on some really good content and after a few months you're going to get yourself a nice glass piece sent to you um, he's a great guy he works with chem dog in massachusetts heard of that guy so uh you mean chem dog chem you've dog? heard of him yeah chem dog chem dog <laughs> yes right, you say that's who i meant gotta say it twice it's not the real one then so you go to patreon.com slash hubbard glass and you can uh either buy an individual video or get on board for his monthly subscription, but he's really, really talented. And um, just uh, tell him you, you heard about him here on the Adam Dunn Show. And uh, coffee. Oh, I drank a little too much coffee. I was a little wired at the beginning of the show this coffee. today. Wow. Coffee. Yeah. You couldn't tell. So you go to ozonecoffee.com. I, I, I got, yelled at, I got right? yelled at. We don't have enough coffee in the house today. Yeah. So my mom, she's like, uh -oh. you better bring some coffee back and you didn't you did not deliver so i'm gonna get in trouble when i get home because of you well maybe we can up our monthly supply if rosendogs bought a little more for him and all of his all friends and dogs. yeah 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 and listen they make great 420 gifts so uh come up with a rosin dog fucking blend dude, blend at this point in time right the rosin blend rosin blend dog, dog <laughs> the dog part might ozocoffee.com like enter done deal at checkout 20 percent off I mean, you can't beat that. Oh, it's fantastic coffee, oh, roasted here in dog. Boulder. Mm. Yep. Uh, yes. And then, if you happen to just wake up one morning and you're in Barcelona, um, you, you have coffee. to go over you to Treasure. You cannot get your like, oh fuck, I no. can't get my Ozo on like I normally no. do. But I remember there's a spot called <laughs> Treasure. 
That's right. right. Or I can go and they'll just take care of me. The door will open up. Ba-boom. And it's like it's like the get smart when it opens up because it goes like whoosh, you expect a, a different thing and it goes whoosh, you're like, what? And then the next one goes different direction. Dun, 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 and then you have to go through another door, dun, another dun, door, dun, and another door, and another door. That'd be cool. That'd actually be a pretty cool entrance for a dispensary or something yeah, like that yeah. where you had to get through like get smart doors, like six or seven doors. doors. That'd be dope. Yeah, but that would be kind of sketchy. You wouldn't be thinking you're going to buy grass. Yeah, it's then, be like some powder shit. No, it yeah. doesn't. Why would it be powder shit? It's just like you're going it's to all see the James, doors, man. You're going to see fucking Dr. Evil is what it feels like when you're going in. And you're like. <laughs> but then you're actually able to like uh, man trap them in those spots. You know what I mean? Like as right. they come through the next spot. Oh, oh man trap. Yeah. But when they walk up to you after you get past the seventh door at yeah. Treasure, they're pissed off. They're going to say 30 euros <laughs> for membership sweating. fee, and you're going to go, I need the done deal. And they're going to go, There will be no euros for you. You can enter, sir. And here's a joke. Enter, sir. Yeah, that's what they'll say. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic yeah. weed, great hash, great place to hang out and have a joint. Mm-hmm. Treasure, Barcelona. Just tell your cab just driver, like they know how just to get like you that. there. And just like that. And if you wake up back up the next morning after being you're in like, Ozone and then being in Barcelona. Uh, luckily, you and you're control in, your dreams and you ended up in your dreams at Treasure, but you woke up back home. Denver. In Denver. Pueblo. Started. Oh, Colorado no, Springs. Apothecary Extracts. Okay. Yeah. What are you guys smoking right now? Uh, I am smoking. I have cream cake batter. Sour cookies. Yeah. Yeah, mine's on the other side of the room right now. (laughs) And some uh, GMO Ambrosia. That's what I'm smoking on this week. I had some of their OG Sin uh, rosin the other day because I had Kim OG and some, some bonus points to spend. Wow, you got bonus yeah. points? Nice. Yeah. Well, I go there every week, man, so I get bonus points. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Y'all don't be getting no bonus points. That's me. No, we don't. That's all me. It's all you. Shitty, so I'm sure we're talking Jamie. about Only just their Jamie. locations right. top, in Colorado. Top. Look at him. He's all so pumped to be top chatter. It's crazy. Dude. <laughs> Slow down, Raza Dogs. You haven't won anything yet. Oh, You're yeah, third, Raza Dogs. Don't, don't think worry. That's gonna win? You can stop right now. You're going to be third. <laughs> you think? You're okay. still going to be third. You're no still going to be third. Because other people it's are It's not going like, to happen. Really? We'll just slip this one in without him knowing. I'm expecting right. that we're going to be getting some of their, um, their information on their Oklahoma play. And getting them into rotation here because I'm hearing really good things about what they're doing out yeah. there. Well, what, of course but, they're doing good things. Yeah. What the course? Everything so the same except for the cowboy hat on. That's the only difference. Like, wow, they're working. I think. Go get that done you deal. Add, <laughs> you can't. You got to ask for the done deal. Yeah. 25 bucks, a gram of ambrosia, and an infused joint. So that's an afternoon or 20 minutes, depending on how yeah, you smoke. But uh, head over to Apothecary <laughs> Extracts. Tell them you it's heard about them on the show. And and one of our newest sponsors, if you're a California patron and uh, you enjoy really good extracts, you got to look at Papa's Select. Okay. Have you ever watched on the old Saturday Night Live, you ever seen the Californian episodes, those things they used to do back in like seven years ago or something like that? Oh, it was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so good. There's yeah, like, they were good. Yeah, if you watch, there's some, they, they do a whole like one hour like back to back every single episode they've ever done it's pretty fucking funny it's like it's the same thing every time they do the same exact fucking you know you know what i'm talking about anyway just anyway that's california in a nutshell right there just watch that youtube saturday night live californians done deal 
which has nothing to do with Papa Select. <laughs> no, but Papa Select but in California is in California. <laughs> in California. Uh, I mean, their their extracts everywhere? are fantastic. Are they everywhere, north, south, everywhere, or are they just kind of like where are they at? You know, you know I think we're gonna we're gonna Check learn. It you we're would you would think I would know that, but I don't. And Mark has the website oh, so we're up there. So. so there's done deals happening right now as we speak. Well, we will, we will have that hopefully worked out by next Friday if we can arrange. If this something is only like war that. games. We would be winning right now. Ooh, speaking yeah. of which, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be going to California in July. What? You can't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. Wait. So what show aren't we doing in July then? The, what What the, are you saying right now? Is that how you getting out of work? Fourth? No, yeah. you can't miss what? the fourth of July. Yeah. No, we're doing a forty-eight-hour yeah. show yep. on the fourth. I'm going to be right yeah. there in Culver yeah. City. Seventy-two-hour show. I like so. a forty-eight-hour show on Fourth of July. Forty-eight hours. That's perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> 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 oh God, no! You nailed it, dude. You nailed oh. it. And then we'll do a seventy-two hours like your friends do because we can do that. That's like that. <laughs> oh look! Oh Get look! Up, we got a winner. We got a winner coming in here. M1K3 is going after. <laughs> He's fighting Rosendogs left rules. and right. He's breaking all the Ros rules. Rosendogs, you're third. Uh, Just listen to me. Uh, you can stop chatting right now. You're going to be doing third. Full words. There's He's nothing doing full we can words. do about That's it. Better. Full words are better than single like letters. Right. Full words are sort of acceptable. Not really. So they, they're just making some really fantastic extracts. They're 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 I guess their senior person right now. He we were at the Emerald Cup or one of those events, and they they tried to hand me a dab in this really small rig, like so right as they're handing it to me. And Boris says to me, So guess how much this rig costs? And I, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just a doofus. I said, eight hundred bucks, and he goes, add a zero. And I literally didn't take, I wouldn't take the dab out of it. <laughs> and just, and you know, I, I think I'm going to have to just pass on that one. It's just not for me. I don't want to take a dab out of anything $8,000 and have you look at me after I fuck it up. But, but Papa Select Concentrates. Yeah, you got Fantastic company. Hook me up with so them when I go we'll, down there. Yeah, we'll work out a done deal. Yeah. And listen, if you're in Colorado, you can get Numbnuts THC. I don't know where yet, but if you're anywhere in the country, you can get Numbnuts CBD. You go to numbnutsco.com, oh, you enter Dundee at checkout, uh, and you get 10% call your, call off. Your, get in touch with Numbnuts after the show. Tell them we need some fucking... I messed up. Oh, uh -oh no. you went to 14er. I know. There you go. Down. You fucking Numbnut. Whatever, dude. You fucking Shitty Numbnut. Jamie. <laughs> Shitty Jamie Numbnuts. Whatever, dude. <laughs> It is fantastic peanut butter. I like the nuts, man. I think the nuts are yes. awesome. The nuts were good, but yes, they, yes. they're a little bit Whatever, weird because, well, not weird, but they're like, I, I just like straight peanut butter, man. I just want to. I got gotcha. you. Because didn't, they didn't yeah. have THC nuts at the time. No. They only had CBD nuts. They will. They will have, soon. So I'm straight up about THC. Numbers. Listen, that thousand milligram yeah, tub of THC oh, we man. have to have for have the. Oh no, we have Mel doesn't the, uh, still doesn't have. Aren't we no gonna have a much? I think we need more than that. We need a shitload. We'll load. get some. We need Mel to have some numb nuts. We she need never like had a, no numb nuts in her life. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said it herself. Hey. I'm reading her. Mark, I'm, I'm reading the she chat. She has had some numb nuts. Uh, in uh, life. <laughs> Adam, Jesus. <laughs> Holy moly! Numbnutsco.com. She's created. She's created numb nuts. You get 10% off your order if you mention uh, Dundee. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, Thank you, Adam. Adam will be on this week. He, he's going to call into the show next week just where? to say hello. And Oh, that Adam. What? I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm Adam Weiss. I'm here. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm calling in. Of course I'm The calling. CEO and founder of Numbnuts. We appreciate your support. Oh. And uh, listen, another Colorado original. If you're here in Colorado Boom. and you want to smoke amazing cannabis, you've got to head over machine. to 14er Holistics. Okay? You go to 14erBoulder.com. Place your pre-order. I like the They're going to send you Video's a text. Tight. Pick it up. Tight video, it, man. Except for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing throwing really around, good th- things th- about some of the new the strains coming out. I don't know about the throwing around the weed part. I'm a little bit like <laughs> kind of not down with that part. Like That gets me a little bit squidgy. Like, that part's cool. A little anxiety. Yeah, I like the cutting and the little bit and that yeah okay joints reality that's cool i like the little overhead like that that's like oh that's like you're going through uh it's like the soldiers uh, of swords nope man uh, it's a takeoff on like the popcorn popper from watching a movie so they want you to know, know. that weed goes great with movies i get it, I get it. <laughs> and popcorn i get it their rosin is something special big lebowski. i mean something I special thinking, i was thinking big lebowski <laughs> on that shot when they're cruising through the when they're cruising through the plane, mm. I was like, "That's kind of like the big." That was a great shot, you know. And he's when flying, he spins he's got, around and he's got yep. the flowing ball. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that was a shot I was seeing there. Anyway, fourteeners. Let's say we're done there. Let's go move. move that was move, Jackie move, Treehorn. Move. Oh, drugged him. Drugged him. Nice well, yeah, if you were doing a big Lebowski, that's Listen. Jackie Treehorn just drugged him in that scene there. Right, next, but anyway, 14erBoulder.com. Please do tell them we sent you. And here we are. So mention the, the done big deal. Daddy, the big daddies. Oh, yeah. There's oh, no bigger done deal out there. There's no bigger done deal. No bigger done deal. Fishheadfarms.com. No bigger done deal. No bigger done deal. 25 percent off. No bigger done deal. No bigger done deal. Fish it. Yeah. No bigger done deal. <laughs> you got to say it real fast. Fast. It's easy. All right. Ba-dum-bum. Bum. Anyway. Enter Dundeal at checkout or tell them when you call them on there on up and place your order and mention the Dundeal. You're going to get 25% off your order. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our best Dundeal. It is a great product. Every single person that has written to me that has used it has had something positive to say about it. So that's incredible testimonials. And these are, these are serious breeders out there. So you got to go to fishheadfarms.com or uh, fish it on Instagram. And uh, you use that product, so you should tell them something about it other than me just reading off the card. Yeah. No, huh? Nah. <laughs> all, I, all I know is I'm looking at your picture, thinking, thinking how awesome it is that that one $500 worth of... That's right, a great picture. And bagels. I sent him some bagels too. What you got? What you what, you've been working on one? You've been working over there, You're trying to get free shit over on the other side of the room. That does not work out. Like, I don't think that works. You no, know, you're like the guy who's not allowed to win the win the prize because you work at Spot. You know, you know that But deal? seriously, we we haven't given away fish shit in a while, and we'd love to. So you got to send yeah, in surprised. your new picture. I thought we had like a pretty specific um, project going on a few <laughs> a few people out there. I was like, oh, that's happening. So anyway. That's how easy it is. See that picture there? Yeah. Do that or better. Worse would be, I don't know, we may, we may say that you got to work a little harder, but definitely doable. And I think Mark, definitely we, we, haven't, we have not got one of Mark yet. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we called nope. for it last year. Wow. That's last, last show. Year? Yeah. Whoa. Man. Whoa. Dude. 
Terp wipes, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long week. Oh, man. shit. You might need a terp wipe to yeah, clean off your brain. I need a terp brain. wipe now. Your brain my... is all shriveled, schnickle, schnarl, chazzed up. You got These are the brain best chazzed? alcohol pads. Your brain is chazzed. And especially if you get an injection, you can use a terp wipe to clean. If you buy, I saw there was some vaccine for sale in the chat gang. So you if you're buying your some vaccine. Wipe? For it, you can. You need you a turp wipe. Did you, so tell you, him, can, you Did you do the turp wipe as you did? Like, yeah, you're like, no, I got this, bro. We're cool. I, I, I'm wipe. telling you, I got the best. I didn't you feel should've, a thing. You should have pulled it out and said, "Fuck your bullshit." <laughs> I'm turp wiping, and then you'd be like all infected, and later you'd be like, uh, <laughs> "No." And I use the turp wipe, and it says never use it for injections. Right on the back, didn't you see it? Yeah, so you remember, <laughs> with Terp Wipes, you have to go to www.terpwipes.com slash done deal. Yes, sir. There's no promo code. You just have to go. You have to put the slash at the end, and then it pre-populates. Everything on the site has the discount. They have a subscription. You know, people who smoke regularly, which, come on now, you're going to want a subscription. You know how many you're going to go through. Just get on their list. Rosin Dogs loves the product, right, Rosin Dogs? I'm giving you an opportunity to get some more chats in here and talk about how much you love Terp Wipes. Oh, he, he loves it. Oh, yeah, Taint Wipes. He uses the first this. Taint, though. So goes, <laughs> That's right. Don't through, call him Taint Wipes. He goes through a that lot more. Count. He goes through a lot more than your average person. So <laughs> You can even get a subscription, uh, you know? Yes. And you that's could. a good thing to do. If you had every day, and listen. If you had every day, like well, every not every day, but you had every week coming in a box of turp wipes yeah. and a bunch of coffee, yeah. then you and Roz and Dogs have a lot in common. That's right. Turpwipes dot com slash done deal. That's it. Exactly. You, you no, they're not the cannabis. same. No, they're definitely not the same as the ones at Walmart because they're not. No, they smell different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have. They have. They're different. They get that they weird, weird funk. Yeah, they dry out real quick too, and really yeah, they, they do like so fast. Yep, and it, but they're not alcoholy at all. Yeah, just not alcohol. So that's nope. that. How's that? Anyway, you know you need lighting, and oh, that shit. lighting should come from Illuminar. Should all right. Professional indoor it lighting does. solutions for greenhouse, bah, grow bah, room, bah, 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 and bah, vertical bah, growing. Everything you need. Every combination. Everything you need. Like Look that. at you reading off of cue cards and yeah, shit. Yeah, man. You're you like man. that? Oh, go, go, Mark. Go, Mark. You're, go. Ja you're you real Jamie now, not shitty Jamie. Read off that card. You can actually use them to clean up your, your phones, too, which is cool. I like that. Oh, yeah. I do that with some yeah. when I have like a non resident If you want to take that layer of stuff on that they put on there to protect it from the oil of your skin. Oh, you know? shut up. I'm just saying. There's no I, protection you know, of no nothing. That's what they say. What? You're not allowed to clean your screen with alcohol or anything? They say that you're not supposed to. This, is got, well, this doesn't like, have alcohol, so how's that for an answer? It's okay, cool, it's man. Got some other shit. Yeah, oh, it's, man. It's, it's, it's ethyl alcohol. Oh, no, it's it. all foggy and burned up, and now it's all it's melting. It's ethyl alcohol. Why is my screen all melting? <laughs> Still has the word alcohol after it. I know, it's bad. It is, but it's a different kind, man. Wait, you don't have a screen protector on your phone? Of course I have a screen protector. Yeah, so put it on your. Who cares? You just. And just I know it just it melted it. It just melted it though. I mean, Anyways, professional. So we give away an Illuminar lamp every month, and all you have to do is know the word of the month, and which is you're going to find on Instagram. It is going to be a post that uh, the Adam Dunn show, myself and Face of Base are tagged in. So you got to know the word of the month, and you got to send us an email with your phone number. If you don't have your phone number, Mark can't call you, and you can't win. Yeah. Yep, and in the meantime, if you do have any kind of questions of uh, spaces that you may be thinking about putting some lights into, you can contact them direct, give them your dimensions, and they'll get back to you real quick with a sort of yep. layout for you, make it all pro, tell you what you need. Sometimes you go in there thinking you need this, you come out with it, get that. 
Um, there's a lot of options out there these days, everything from LEDs to HIDs and CMHs and all the, everything in between, which is, you know, not much, but there's a few, there's a few little knickknack patty wax in there <laughs> somewhere, but they also have, um, their hash controller, which is on screen right now. And that is able to do all sorts of professional layouts. We've even got our own feature coming on line with those. For nice. a sunrise, sunset, and adjustability where you can kind of right. make it all fade in, sunset. fade out. Fade in, fade out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you check them out. And, of course, done deal every time you contact. Every you. time. Just go done deal, done deal, done deal. They all just say it over and over again. Say over and over again until you forget what you actually contacted them for yeah. the first place. Be like, I forgot, and thank you, James Bean, for bringing on Resin tonight. He was fantastic. I was mesmerized. E Incredibly knowledgeable. E-Resin. E I'm looking forward to the collab because I can, I'm, whatever hash like those two I, produce. I like how I went into my whole big long thing and it wasn't even on there. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> he's listening yeah. to the replay right now. He'll, he, he's yeah, going to catch sure. up. It's he's, cool. It's he cool. Listens all. Um, he so you go to seedsherenow.com, enter done deal at checkout. You're going to get 10% off your order. Yes, sir. And I'm you're sure you're going to go to seedsherenow.com and you're also going to check out, obviously, uh, E-Resin's uh, Indian Land Race uh, part of the thing and you're going to check out also all the other cool breeders and fucking all top top breeders top breeders. top the best top to the best top people best. top the best yes the best the best the best people the best of the best with the most and the best and the best of the best are you, pretty much are you doing yeah that's just my Dutch. It could be Aryan. It could be Yair. It could be any Dutch guy that's out there, pretty much. That's but that's how they all sound. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and it's the best uh, and the most and the best. That was pretty much how they said about everything. I'd be like, that is not the really the best advertising. Even though I said the word best, and, and you that that's all they <laughs> really all they can say. They have like four words to describe everything. More chances for them to check. You know, every time you say Yair, don't, all I, be, all don't I remember. Dopey is the other is one. Dopey. Toppy, bestie, 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 toppy, super, super, super bestie, top. Wow, we got lots of people writing in for lights now. All right, we, you better, you better pull the plug and let's do the chat winner. All right. Oh no, we got seats here now. Oh wait, we already did that. No, we, did we just did now. seats here now. Yeah, well, we did. and James, James. man on the scene, just have to listen, watch him. Love you, buddy. Watch him at the beginning yep. of the show, anytime. He is the man on the scene, and they're okay. they get the best crew, best crew, best fucking deals, best service. See what I said? Best, 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 mosty, mosty, most, and that is it. And then, <laughs> what else do we have? Oh, then oh, was this? Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to put my my music band cam. What the hell is this oh, crap? You trying to like yeah. what? Oh, oh, free shout bad. out! I didn't mean to. Not. I didn't mean to put. Holy that out shit! Oh, All right, who's the chatter? That's my let's, bad. Let's 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 win oh, let's get this chatter. Look at Rosin Dogs. Chatter? He's like, ah, quick, Hold quick, on. get one in, Rosin Dogs. Quick, Rosin Dogs, go, yeah, go, go, Rosin Dogs. I'm about to refresh. Go, Rosin Dogs, so. go, go, go. Hey, refresh. Go. Jamie's here. Shitty Jamie. He's pissed off as hell. His face is all overexposed. Whatever, dude. <laughs> what? Wow, look at the aggression. Oh damn! Eight you pissed Mark way over, off. Like, Look what you did to Mark. We went a half, forty-five right. minutes over. You broke I'm him. Refreshing. This is the last. Uh, you can oh. get your chats in. It's refreshing. Oh. Forty-five. We minutes are refreshing. Overtime. I'm about to pull up my little drum roll button. It's refreshing. <laughs> All right. Oh man. All right. I am going to tell you, my arm does hurt, man. 
All right, I'm just saying. Your arm. Oh, the one I got the shot in. He's done. For oh, it. he does. Look at him. He's yeah. going down. It's all starting to go down. <laughs> <laughs> starting to stiffen up on the air. He's stiffening up. Oh. Stiffen it up, man. Stiffen it Shit. up. It was at this oh. moment that he knew he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. What do we got? With 166 in third place, cats. Dogs. Oh. With 166 yes. cats in third place, Enzo Nascarella. Enzo. Enzo, a chow. Chingani. At number two. With 222 chats. Look at that. Well, that's a big jump. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Dank Aaron. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't tell me he's going to win. <laughs> oh, did he win? No. With did 536 chats. No, stop. Oh, geez. Roz and Dogs is the stop. winner for this oh. week. <laughs> we don't even know what to do. <laughs> is, it, is he insane? Is he insane? 532? Dude. Wow. <laughs> He went overtime during sponsor. Wow, I didn't even notice. This is great. Actually, Jesus. you win a free month subscription to Bandcamp. Yeah, 536 well, is definitely He the wins most one effort. of your records, right? Or something? Yeah, I'll send him. $1.40? What was it? $1.47 or something like that? Yeah. yeah I'll send, he wins one. I'll send him a promo copy. I got that. Ooh. I got that all, all right. day long. All right, so. <laughs> Not only does he win that, does Ross he win? and Dogs, you just no, proved. No, he gets on the well, wheel, or do we not longer? We no longer have a wheel. I don't, no, we have a wheel, but, but I think we like might have to put him into that therapy once a month, or something. Right? <laughs> we might have to put him. I don't know if he gets to get allowed to go on. Yeah, I think he goes into therapy. Yeah, what does it say about him here? Yeah, Ross and Dogs. Have, it's uh, Friday night. We You're have married. an intervention. We have an intervention. Yeah, and then we tell him he's not even allowed. He's, he's been banned from the show. Chat gang's like half and half on this. He's banned. Yeah, he's over there. Once you hit over five hundred, you've like. That's it. You voided yourself. Yeah. Right? Is that like a void? Yeah. Didn't he already win one? It's like a kill pot. You can't play right, next maybe. week. Maybe. We'll see. We're going to see. He wins bagels or something, uh, but that's like long term. We can't. That's expensive. It was legit until like that last hour. And then everyone kind of went crazy. He went nuts. <laughs> well, everyone did. Well, you know, that's how it always goes. Uh. It always, like, there's always a guy like Dogs who just takes it over the <laughs> edge. He can't control himself. He has to do it. He has to push this out. He has to make it bad for everybody. Now, what are we going to do? Yeah. Send him his own seeds. How do we, seeds. Do we spank him? <laughs> yeah, we send him back his own seeds? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be great. He won a pack of his own seeds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Or the stickers? He won his own seeds back. There you go. That's a, and a sticker. I don't want stickers. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. And he gets a free sticker. And he gets a free sticker. Perfect. Oh, that's funny. That would be great. There you go. And Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, Rosin Dogs, once again, you just killed it as usual. Yeah, before the explosion, he was ahead. He had 450 before. How do you have 450? It's because he's just he's he's jabbering. He's more like he's just doing. He's genius. (laughs) Vinny was. I thought Vinny was going to win. That was the problem. I thought we had like some inside because I saw a lot of Vinny action. Yeah, there was a lot of Vinny action today. You guys. Well, anyway, it keeps it rolling. Keeps it rolling. Thanks for. Oh. Keeps checking it in. I th- okay, so next, I guess I should just announce it now because I know. Oh, we're announcing things? Well, yeah, because I actually have one week where I figured we're it fancy. out. I figured it out, man. Hey, let's put the card out tomorrow. Fucking wait a minute. News, 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 news. Well, unless anything changes at this point in time, yeah. um, we have uh, Cornbread Mafia. I believe his name was Jim, but I'll double check. I'm not going to say. I know it's. I would. That would be too much work to look up his name. Right. But uh, definitely. (sighs) No, 
it's okay. It's just a very, very, very soft uh, announcement, only for people who have managed to stay this long, which is not many. How many people are on there right now? 105 people are watching. 105? <laughs> oh, shit. We're not supposed to say anything. Uh, no, it was a, it's. That. That's good. That's, that's 100 people out there to tell us. No, I already said it. Cornbread Mafia will be uh, on here. Not <sighs> not Cornbread Ricky. Don't get confused. I know that's going to already happen. Uh, <laughs> they're going to see the word cornbread and they're going to run. Cornbread's on there. Cornbread, cornbread. No, Cornbread Mafia. They contacted us, so it should be interesting. They contacted us. Wow. I know. Look at that. All right. And I followed wow. through. So I think so. I think we have them lined up. Uh, we and, fancy. Yeah, and I've even got the new week after that lined up, so things are just starting to happen, Whoa. man. People, they want to be on the show. I don't know why. I don't know That's, why. We're going to have to start being on time now. Sweet. Soon we're going to have to be it's on time. because of Shitty Jamie. It's all because of Shitty Jamie. Shitty Jamie saves the day, as usual. Um, shout out we are to, on time. Shout out to everybody <coughs> who hung in there and checked this whole thing out. Shout out to, um, to Todd, of course. Thank you, Mark. Todd for... Uh, it was almost like we were on that show where he just banged everything, but he just didn't bang anything. He just did, got, got mad at Dave. Ah, we'll oh, get him on again. Right. I, 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 you know, stoked. it's all right. He didn't like your joke about the numbers. <laughs> I guess so. I guess my numbers. I, joke I think it was the Broncos jersey. Well, he was already uh, pissed yeah. off about the Broncos jersey. Yeah. He, he had to play the. Well, he had to play that. They angle. outnumbered us. I yeah. thought he was playing. I thought he was playing the angle, the joke. We, once he said, "Yeah, I have my family," because once he, if you shake a kid at me during a deal. Then I know you're just like yeah. trying to get out of it, right? Like you're like, I got a kid to feed. You're like, all right, I'm out of here. Because that's just like the old, like when I didn't have a kid, I never did that. And then when I had a kid, I still never did that. Because I was like, that's always a shitty thing. <laughs> it's like when you shake the kid or you say, oh, my family, and you blame it on the family. It's always like, forget, ah, we don't. He's, Come he on, was, we'll he have him on again. He's he a good guy, very smart, at that point, knows was, his shit. At that point, he said, Dave, as long as he blames you, that's all I care about. That's, that's of course it. he does. Good. You, yeah. you weren't clear. You said Oh, he already sent me a note. He blames me. Good. Good. Yeah, no well, sweat it. And he knows exactly what's up. So we definitely need yeah. to get him on the show because he knows what's up. Hey, quick shout out, Reconscious Medical. Okay, I know Mark wanted to call in tonight, but it didn't work out. But you got to go to Reconscious Medical. You're going to get 10% off your uh, your MMJ evaluation. Outro. Okay. Oh, Mark Outro? What? Did we do it? Mark what's an outro? Oh, you got to do a Mark Outro. Well, you're not allowed. Oh, play your oh, music. No. Shitty. The video. and uh, No video. No video? You have a video to no, show? No, 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 no. Your video. Like the the outro. Oh. And I'm saying music-wise. Can't you see the music up? Um, that doesn't change the picture. If I wear a green oh, shirt, you guys will have way too much you, fun with can me. Can you mix it live? Can we do a live mix? I have to figure this Come out. Come on. Live mix. That sounds perfect. Because your shit will mix with anything. Uh, yeah. It's not like this. And then it's going to be like, boom, and we're like fucking chaos. And then you're Dude, okay. All right, let's do it. But I want to just shout out to Sisu, who is cooking up a storm and shopping live here at the house. Look at this. See, yeah, this is like we're on the John Doe radio show. Oh, yeah. John Doe radio show. Yeah, we're going to be here live. WCCC coming right at you. Coming at you live. Mark Perez on bass, yes. everybody. We're doing it here. Adam Gunn on the microphone. And I'm Dave, working the background. Hey, working it. 
<laughs> you can you can catch Just us live. Just everybody out there in cannabis every, land. Every Friday. Have you a great say, night. Get deep. Get deep for them now. Get deep. Thank you for tuning in every Friday from 4.30 to 7.10. Don't say 4.30. Mountain time. You know 4.20 it's 20 to 7.10. You never say 4.30. <laughs> <laughs> You Dave's yeah. just too fucking honest and doesn't know how to take a cue. We're gonna say 420, but we're really gonna come on at 430, guys. How's that? 420. That's, that's how we 710. Anyway, shout out everybody. Let's do one last dab together before we go. One and, last uh, dab together. And then we will call it a night. Only an hour over as usual. Thank you everybody in the chat gang. You guys one. are awesome. You make it very entertaining. I know you know you're very entertaining. Appreciate all you love. I like it when people I like it when people can't like can't like they're like they're out and I'm like wow. What happened? I saw some saw some friction going on here and there but Dirty Dave here on the microphone coming at you. Yeah. I like That's this. Dirty Dave. WCCC Hartford, Connecticut. Next stop, New York City Morning Drive, everybody. Whoa. Wow. Bye for now. <laughs> Make your cart just quack, everybody. Mine don't quack. You don't, yours don't quack? Mine quacks. You said quack, <clears throat> dude. You're, you don't even know the the tear in the time and space continuum you just created by saying the word quack more than three times. There's a rift in the time space continuum. 1972 coming at you. Peace out, everybody. Later. See you next week. Peace. Yeah.